Hey guys, on the pod this week, we're going to have no motive. Uh, They're getting back together to do a couple shows uh, coming up shortly. And uh, yeah, let me give you the information. Uh, on November 1st, 2019 in Ventura, at Discovery Ventura, that's uh, 1888 East Thompson Boulevard. Uh, it's going to be No Motive, Out of Trust, Slow Trip, Omega Point. Doors are at 6, show's at 8. It's 13 bucks in advance, and it's 15 the night of the show. You can get your tickets at nightout.com. <clears throat> They're also playing on Saturday. That's November 2nd, 2019 in Anaheim, Chain Reaction, uh, 1652 West Lincoln Avenue, Anaheim, California, 92801. That's No Motive, Modern Color, Slow Trip, and Omega Point. Doors at 7 p.m., shows at 7.30. Tickets are 10 bucks, and you can get your tickets through allages.com. Um, if you want to support this podcast, uh, please like, rate, review, wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. And also, please consider becoming a Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash 185 miles south. You can also donate through PayPal, paypal.me slash 185 miles south. Thanks for the support. And on to no motive. Hundred eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. Yep. Yeah. It'll it'll never get more bizarre than Hogan being on the back of that that kombucha. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> fucking great. I know. And I love the the quote was like, "What do you say?" Like. To live for something, like to live for materials is to be dead, and to live for the moment is to be really alive. It was definitely like some shit that could be on like a, a mass-produced Target. Like, yeah, like a wood block with like yeah. a print, a print <laughs> on it that you buy at like Cost Plus or something. Yeah. Hogan, Hogan's face? No, like a quote of was on the back of like those Trinity... Uh, it's like that super popular kombucha. It's like the one that they sell at Trader Joe's. Yeah. yeah. And they always have quotes <clears throat> on the back, and it's like, yeah. it has this quote, and then it just says, like, Hogan, it's all Hogan. Yeah, farmer. Yeah, <laughs> farmer, Maui. Whoa. I was like, what? <laughs> That's true, Yeah, totally. That's a good hookup. I know. So, uh, what do you guys want to do on this pod, man? I was just thinking, we just, we're putting out the 20th anniversary for And the Sadness Prevails, so I figured we'd just kind of touch on that little zone right there. Plus, we haven't talked to Pat or Jeremy yet, so we'll put them on. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, the No Motive reunion is just around the corner. We can put it like that in in time wise. Yeah, by the time you hear this podcast, <laughs> some events may have already happened. <laughs> let's uh, let's do a test run on this. He didn't pick up last time and got bummed. Hello? Madball. Hey, what's up, dude? What up? You're on the podcast. Oh, shit. What's up, man? What's up, uh, Madball? We got Roger and uh, Max are here, too. We're talking about no motive. Oh, nice. What's up, fellas? How's it going, man? 
Good, good. I thought you just want to say a little something about No Motive and how up until 97, they were the greatest circle pit band in California. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> but yeah. Just making sure this phone shit works because we're going to call everyone. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but you want to say something about No Motive? How sick were they? No Motive was awesome. They were like, for us, they were super, I don't know, I guess we all kind of felt like, since we were all close friends, they were like our band, you know? So they just were fast and furious and fucking always a good time. Fucking fat sing-alongs, big-ass stage dives, just everybody having a great time. And it was just, I don't know, back in the day, that was all we lived for, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> what do you remember about um, that... that- the scene that was building around that at that time, because we were like, we talked about this a little bit on the, when I interviewed with Zach before, but I was so much younger than those guys. Like, uh-huh. Do you remember that a little bit? Like about how the, the crowds were like this blend of these older guys, like these older, like Oxnard. Those guys of. were at least 28, man. Yeah, yeah man. for sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and then like, a bunch of kids well, like us, right? Yeah, well, my first show, seeing, you know, my first time seeing No Motive was at the Monday Club, you know? Oh, the Bouncing and Souls? That was, yeah, with Bouncing Souls. And so that was like, what, 95, 96? Sounds about right. Wow. But, you know, so we were teenagers. We were like kids. And, you know, that was like, you had people like, you know, Joe Rivas and fucking Forrest and all those dudes who were like, you know, older than us, but not incredibly older than us that were like, kind of just paving the way and then noticing us as well and welcoming us into this, you know, scene. And so you being like so young, it was cool because it helped all of us feel welcome too. Cause like, fuck yeah, Max is fucking ripping it out and he's like 16 and so are we. Right. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we were kind of together. We grew up on Rossmore street together. <clears throat> right. So yeah, we, we made that transition together of being like, like playing basketball on the street to like straight to like trying to like find cigarettes on floor in like Forrest's like garage. You know? <laughs> Just want to say they they didn't have any trouble uh, getting to know Adam. He was the big guy with the ponytail tied up that was going the wrong way in the pit. Oh, right, yeah. right at right. you. <laughs> right at you. I mean, yeah, you had a sick like, first, like that, print, that was, that was uh, like one of my top. <laughs> that was like one of my first time circle pitting, and like Joe Rivas grabs me and puts his arm around me and we go the wrong way in the pit just all ignorantly and just fucking having a blast you know and the next month uh joe went sober yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then not to mention forrest you know he lived across the street from me when i was like 15 and so all those dudes brought me under their wing when i was little you know and fucking so i knew a lot of those older guys as well so it was kind of cool already feeling welcomed into like a scene that was like known for being sketchy or dangerous or just exciting. You know what I mean? And so it was cool. It was a cool experience growing up with that generation of the narco scene. And then them also introduced me to like the fucking aggression dudes and the ill repute guys and all that shit when I was real young. And it was just like, it was cool. I don't know. Yeah. It was cool having those older guys like hanging out on the same street <laughs> all the time, just kind of getting a little, a little like peek into that world, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, sick, dude. Glad to have you on. Fuck me. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. We'll, we'll uh, the Nomoto show. I can't wait for the reunion, dude. That's going to be sick. Yeah, we're, we're saying it's just around the corner. Pretty much. <laughs> so it's coming up like uh on november 1st yep first friday time. november 1st yes yeah, sir we got to start hitting that in people's head just around the corner friday november 1st yeah ventura <laughs> no motive reunion Perfect. show with uh omega point yeah yeah gonna set it off yeah hell yeah those dudes ripped too hell yeah all right bud uh, all right boys y'all okay. have a good night yeah, yeah man all right late so see, you just got to call someone. It's easy. It works. All right. <laughs> it works. <laughs> then we chat it up. So who do we want to call next? What time is it? Um, I don't know. It's, it's like 9, 10. Let's call Pat first, yeah? Yeah. Um, or should be, we? No, let's try Jeremy. Because, because he's he, a dad? He has a higher yeah. chance of like less, maybe needing to try twice. Um, okay. Jeremy said for us to FaceTime audio him. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not editing any of this, and I'm not doing anything special for Jeremy. Let's tell. Let's tell the Jeremy story about running the fucking marathon. Oh my god! Like, if you want to gauge into who the the singer of No Motive, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to sample into his soul, here's this. Yeah, this kind of says it all. Like, okay, Jeremy is like one of those guys that just is on his own program always. Like there's nothing there's nothing you could tell him that's gonna like help him decide what he's gonna do in any moment or decide what kind of person he's gonna be. He's just like already there. Like he was just like he was built in, like coming into this world. Yeah. And so that kind of allows him to do like whatever he wants basically. Well he came out foot first. Yeah, exactly. Ready to run a marathon with no shoes on. <laughs> which is what he did. Throughout Los Angeles. <laughs> The first time he ever runs a marathon, he can, he's not only just running a marathon, he did it with no shoes. Yeah. And he found a fellow, he found somebody who, who he uh, watches a lot of YouTube footage of, uh-huh. who is a, also a barefoot runner. Okay. Found him in the middle of the race in downtown LA and like had a conversation for like five minutes. And then like, <laughs> and then like passed him. <laughs> I talked to him like two days after that marathon. Uh huh. And. I'm like, man, you must be beat. He's like, I don't know. I ran 13 miles today. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a glimpse into uh, Jeremy's soul. Max, why don't you tell us about the time that uh, you had to drive a car home from Ventura and your dad got upset about it? Oh, that's a good one. Not related to Jeremy at all. But my first. Well, we're moving on from Jeremy to the lead guitarist, Max McDonald. Yeah, uh, the first time I ever drove. Gosh, how do I set this one up? So my dad had produced this band, this band's record. They were called the Comatones. They were kind of like a Black Crows. I don't know. Like, they were like rockers, you know? Like, they walked in like cowboy boots and, like, silk shirts on with, like, all kinds of (laughs) turquoise shit dangling off of their body, you know? And uh, they were playing the Mayfair Theater with um, some local punk bands, too. Like, I think Tripmaster Monkey was on that show. Sick. And, uh, yeah, that's like a deep cut like Nard band. We'll get into that on the uh the eighty eight the eighty seven to ninety two episode with Joe Rebus. <laughs> that sounds hyper specific. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's how we do it. You gotta break it down. Yeah, they'll make it in there though. Yeah. Yeah. Tripmaster Monkey. Uh Spivey's band. So anyway, because it was like this band that my dad was involved with and then this band that was like my brother's friends, we all went like as a family and my dad wanted to leave after the, the comatones played. So my brother's friend, Brian, we called him, 
he called him hippie scum because he was he was just long. He was a Hessian guy. He had long hair, so everyone just fucking called him hippie. And uh, he's like, "Hey, I, I want to split. Can you give Max a ride home?" And Brian's like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. No problem. I got it." And like, uh, I, I realize I just sound like Ryan Fredette, but that's actually how Brian sounded too. They're like, they're, like Brian was the Ryan of their crew. <laughs> like a little side note, like he's the guy that like once they were in a bar and he. Ran out of the bathroom with toilet paper sticking out of his <laughs> out of his pants on fire, and he like just ran across the bar and jumped into the trash can at the end of the bar. So my dad my dad tells this guy to give me a ride home, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's he's got this old hoopty, and we're leaving the Mayfair, and we stop off on that little liquor store. It's on like on Thompson and uh, California Street in Ventura, like right where Bombay's is, right there. And this guy walks up and like hands him like a handful of pills, and he just swallows the pills. And, <laughs> I, oh, I was 12 at the time. So yes. I, that was like beyond, I didn't know what was going on, you know? So uh, we get to about like the end of Victoria and Channel Island, which is about, I don't know, it's a couple of miles like to get down to the beach. And he goes, Hey, man, you want to drive? And I'm like, What? And he's like, Yeah, you should probably do a better job than I would right now anyway. So, <laughs> so I get in the car and I'm just like, you know, driving for the first time ever, and like the steering wheel is like all weird. You know, like it's one of those old cars where it's like you you could turn the wheel like yeah, a, like ninety degrees before it starts. It's not power steering. Anything. Yeah, it's just like what do they call that? Like pinwheel steering or something? It's like the one that's not power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so he's kind of keeping me steady. We get home. I run up the stairs. I'm so pumped. Oh, I got it. By the way, like at this time, my brother and him lived one block away from us so like i could go like on my roof and see their house so they're they're that close so he drops me off my dad's at home he's smoking cigarettes in the chair in the living room and i'm like dad dad i got to drive home it was so awesome i'm like brian let me drive home my dad's like what what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) so he like he he puts on his trench coat and grabs his gun and he and he walks up he like stomps over their house and then he like whips the gun out to like shoot Brian in, in, in his house and my brother hears all this commotion he's asleep in the other room and he's like sleeping naked in the other room so he has to run out and he's like wrestling the gun out of my dad's hand naked what? yeah and it was just like a whole like kerfuffle you know and uh but Brian survived that's it that's the end of the story I, like that's I don't really remember the follow up at all from that it's like the next day everyone like woke up like nothing happened you know Silver so Strand so was your strand. dad cool with Brian after that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're both. Well, he didn't report him to the cops for the attempted murder, so they're. <laughs> I'm sure he gave me a ride home like a, a week later after that. Yeah. <laughs> but did he let you drive? Yeah. Adventures in cars. Yeah. Here's another car story. You want to hear another car story real quick, dude? I want to hear all the car stories. This, Let's this, do it. that was that was this is the request from uh, from Mike Mall okay. about the. Um. How do I start? Okay, so I get this random call one day from Dave Brandon, Nomoto's original bass player. He was like, dude, I was surfing at the jetty and I left my laptop on the ground. Like, I took my laptop. Okay, I'm ready for this. This is a classic story. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. So he's like, yeah, I left my laptop. <laughs> I took my laptop off. So I, like, I don't, I was like, why do you leave your laptop on the ground? I, I just took it out because I was like taking stuff out of my car to get to, get to my towel and whatever. And He's like, can you just go down there and see if it's still there? And, and so, jump in real quick. Dave Brannon is the first bass player of No Motive. Yeah. So it's a No Motive tie-in. Yeah, it's No Motive tie-in, for sure. So uh, I was hanging out with Ryan Fredette and Mike Mall. 
Ryan Fredette from In Control and Mike Mall, who ended up uh, going on tour with us for like in between uh, JP and Albert. Um, and we're all the Jesse like drinking beer, and I was like, dude, I'm like right here, like let's just. This is like there's a on Silverstone Beach. There's a big parking lot at the jetty, so it's like one end of the beach has both ends of the beach have like a little parking lot, probably like what twenty cars. Yeah, a smaller small. parking lot. Like in the summertime, you're never gonna get a parking spot, but in the wintertime, there's like one car in there, right? Which is this was wintertime, <sighs> so there were very few cars in there, which that'll become relevant re- later in the story. <laughs> 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 so, uh, <laughs> so we go, we walk over to the parking lot. Do you know this, Roger? No. Oh, awesome! <laughs> this is great. <laughs> What year is this? Oh gosh! I mean, this had to have been. We were adults. You're like we were like young adults. Yeah, you're you're like 22, 23. Yeah, early twenties. Early twenties. And uh, the computer is not there. I'm like, Dave. I'm sorry, man. It's not here. And this this might have been my idea because I had heard about this somewhere. But I was like, dude, you should make like a fake insurance claim. And get your get your laptop back. <laughs> no, my. And he's like, "All right, well, I'm I'm almost there." Like, you know. And so he shows up, and we're like, "Yeah, we just gotta like smash the window out in your car to make it look like someone broke it and stole it." And we're like, "Who's gonna do it?" You know, and and everyone kind of like looks at Ryan, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's like, oh, "God damn it!" Like, all right. And so he he goes home, which is like a block away. And we see him rolling back. Dave's like, you know, my car is the silver Honda <laughs> Civic, right? <laughs> oh, no, I think it was, it was a Forerunner at the time, so it was an SUV, okay? And um, <laughs> he's like, my car is a silver Honda, uh, silver Forerunner. And so we see Ryan roll up on this beach cruiser and. If anyone know anyone knows Ryan knows that like he's the kind of guy that would always talk shit on a hat. Like he's like fucking hats, man. Fucking hats are for losers. Why would you ever wear a hat? You know, like he hates hats for some reason. It's because he's got the floby hair, dude. He's got like he, he's like he's made for hat head. Yeah, he already has hat head. Yeah, yeah. Like he's already grappling with hat head, dude. You know, he can't actually wear a hat. So he's riding a beach cruiser. Like with a hat on, all low, like trying to look, trying to look incognito, you know. And I see him, and, he, and he's like kind of ambling around the parking lot, and then he stops over by Mike's truck, Mike's big silver, <laughs> silver truck. And we're like, oh, I think he's like getting his getting his wits together, you know, to to do this thing. And then at like I'm on one side of the parking lot, Mike is like over it, on the beach, like fifty yards away, like kind of like hiding under a sand berm just in, just so there's like no like visible foul play going on and we're all like wondering what he's doing over there and then we just hear this fucking smash you know and then like i see mike stand up like ryan what the fuck and like ryan smashed out the wrong car window smashed out mike's window and he like had, he had like picked up a picked up like a rock and he didn't let go of it so his hand was all blood like there was blood like running all down his arm <laughs> he takes off his car and we're all standing there like we didn't know what to do you know like 
Like, first of all, Mike's truck is fucked now. And Dave's car window is still not broken. You know? <laughs> and then there's this other kid, Axel, that was there. He's like strand kid. And he's just like, shout out Verity's Baja Adventure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's part of that crew. Um, but yeah, he's just all like nonchalant. Like, fuck it, I'll do it, dude. Then he just like... <laughs> Throw something through Dave's window and smashes Dave's window like without even thinking twice about it. And then the whatever I think we threw a rock through there and it, it went through and hit Dave's surfboard and like put a big ass ding in his, in his surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> and then like so they go through the whole insurance thing and uh, that actually worked out. But they're, they're like, you have a thousand dollar deductible. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, no one's thinking about that. <laughs> And like an hour later, this guy calls Dave. He's like, "Hey, I got your computer. Like, <laughs> give me a hundred bucks. Like he's like, give me a hundred bucks, and I'll go. I'll tell you where I am, so you can have it back." Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. yeah. Fuck. Well, shout out Mike Mall for remembering that one. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. And being a good sport, right? What happened on his end? He, I mean, he did the insurance claim. <laughs> he actually did get vandalized, like legitimately. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, but I think I remember him afterward, kind of being like, you know, like kicking the dirt, like, hmm, fucking, had a deductible I had to pay. Like, <laughs> you should have said there was a laptop in there, dude. Made right. it worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Didn't you? Didn't you like lose a laptop, and then we were gonna like drive into Mexico to get it? What was that? Whoa! Do you remember? It's like right when we started Somali, and you like lost some, and you're like, I think I put Marie's lap, my wife's laptop on top of the car and drove away uh-huh. and then someone found it. Yeah. But they had like cars that like run over it. It was oh. like a, a hopeless yeah. mission. Did you go? I don't think so. We didn't oh, go. Did we, we didn't go. Yeah. But we were like talking about it. I would have gone, dude. I know you would have been down. You're that kind of friend. I appreciate that about you, man. It made its way hey. to Mexico. What? Like the laptop made its way to Mexico. Well, like, the guy that it, picked like, it up, there. like uh, lived there. Uh, isn't TJ? Um, okay, let's call our first person uh, after the mighty Madball, our first No Motive member. Um, do you want to just hook up your phone? Yeah. Here you go. Oh, Have thy cord. Oh, too old school. What? Oh, well, we was... can blue- we can Bluetooth you. Oh, tight. Yeah, dude. Um, Technology. Didn't your dad meet the Pope? Oh, this is a good one too. <laughs> <laughs> See, dude, so, <laughs> even when I don't do my homework, I'm coming prepared. Yeah, you're you, filling them gaps. How do you connect that shit? Um, that's a good question. Um, Go ahead, Matt. You do mine. I got Jeremy's number in there. Hold my, on. My phone. We gonna learn. I don't know. Is it not? Oh, here we go. Bluetooth on. Wait, but it paired to mine, I think. Are, are you Garthas? No. I think. Um, big pair. mistake. I'm unpair. Unpair that. You have to make it discoverable or whatever. Okay. Is it not now? Nothing. Ooh, would you like to pair a smartphone or tablet? Yes, we would. A, uh, we once again, when we get to 100 patrons, I will edit shit like this out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. The big mistake. I, I had to ask you what that logo was the other day, so you should probably explain that to people. <laughs> Whenever somebody asks you to do something on the pod and they haven't contributed, you just send them the Patreon logo? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, everyone's like, oh, you should have said this. You should have asked them that. It's just like, no answer, just... 
Patreon. <laughs> Hit him with like, the Patreon. Yeah, so if you get that P from Zach, it's like a logo with a P on it. If you get that, it just means donate. Pong. So. It's a terrible logo, don't you think? Isn't it? It's Pong, isn't it? Is it? It looks, it looks like, like it. It looks like Pong. Yeah, because it looks like a circle on a stick. Yeah. It doesn't look like a P. So, yeah. Wild. Shall I try this? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about... Patio? No, we'll, we'll come back to we'll, the we'll, we'll come back to the Pope. We'll fold it in when when we hit another weird spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, uh, what's, what's Jeremy's name in your phone? Jeremy. S H E R. Yeah. Jeremy. We can always go through. I got my squares program now too. This is fun. Ooh. That's sick. Shoot. Uh, what's up, Jeremy? What's up? What up? Hey, Zach, how are you? Oh, you can recognize my voice. I love you, Jeremy. Yes. What's going on? I recognize you. Very. <laughs> anyway. What's cracking? What's your household like at this time of night, Jeremy? Uh, people finishing up eating over here. Honey's like eating her dinner, sort of, hanging on her chair like a monkey. My dad is finished eating just family vibes people that eat and need to sleep and eat yep that's right that's right cool so jeremy you excited about the uh the reunion the rock show uh yeah i am excited it's uh it's actually happening i can't believe it yeah (laughs) it's like (laughs) fucking bonfire got got big (laughs) it's cool yeah, man. I think it's going to be wild. We'll see. It's just around the corner on Friday, November 1st. What's the name of the spot? Yeah. Discovery. Yeah, at Discovery on Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be Ventura Bowling Center. Yeah. The day. I used to go in there when it was the Ventura Bowling Center, and it was awesome, dude. It was good, huh? It was, a little, it was like a little rougher version of Buena Lanes. Like, that's where, like, that little, the little street version of Buena Lanes was. Yeah, it was, like, super yeah. divey. In fact, one time there was, like, I can't remember who of us were there. There was a handful of us. And there was this like one Ventura dude, and he was kind of like, I thought he was like a Nazi, and he was kind of like line stepping, like he was trying to like get one of us to like fight him, mm. and like, <laughs> and we like we didn't because Scott Porcho was with him, and we're like, wait, if if one of us punches this guy, is Scott Porcho gonna beat all of us up, <laughs> <laughs> or like is that one link gonna be broken? <laughs> yeah. It's like fuck, like I don't want Scott Porcho to beat me up. I love Scott Porcho. But it was weird. That place, I mean, I think that's the only time I was ever there. So there was weird vibes. Yeah. But I'm sure it's different now. And it's going to be great on Friday, November 1st. Oh, dude. (laughs) I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, I I haven't actually been inside of that place yet. But I hear that there's like like bowling, but it's different than real bowling. It's like a different kind of bowling. Yeah, well, they they kept a couple lanes open supposedly. It looks all clubby. Maybe there's, it's like candlestick bowling, like you do in Canada. <laughs> that would be that would be really fun. Well, there's actually yeah, a, there's a couple. There's definitely one downtown here in San Diego, and it's like a a nice bar, and then there's like eight lanes to bowl. But like okay. the bowling, the bowling's definitely secondary because like I rolled the worst game of my adult life there because <laughs> it, it doesn't give you enough space to like get all your steps in. Oh you know? yeah, it's like a short uh, runway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they they have like the lanes are cool, but like a short runway, and I need like three long steps. Yeah, they're like, come on, guys, this isn't really about the bowling. No, here. it's about fun, it's chicks, man. Yeah, it's the, it's the adult skater skating rink. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. So, uh, Jeremy, are, are, we, are you guys going to do Talk is Cheap? You gotta ask those guys if they're down. They're laughing. I heard Rogers laughing. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's on you, I'm Jeremy. Down. Well, I guess you don't have to sing it, but. Hey, dude, I'll sing that. I'll sing it. Hey, dude. Man. Let's kick it off. I love that song, man. That's like one of the best songs ever. I'd love to play that song. If Zach will sing that song, I will play that. All right. Dude. We just got to ask Pat now and Max. Ooh, now, Pat. <laughs> now Pat has to play three fast songs. Oh, man. Pat's not in on the on the chime right now, right? He's not here. I can't hear him. Nah, it's too many people on, on like one thing. Yeah, okay. We're going to so, call him next. We're going to call him next. Okay. So I feel Okay, cool. What's that like for you, Jeremy? T- like digging into those songs again, those sadness tunes. Man, it's really crazy. It's like, uh, it's not as uh, as hard as I thought it was going to be. To be honest, I thought it was going to be a little bit more emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I'm in a spot in my life where um, those songs just don't really apply to me exactly the way they were when I wrote them, but they can still apply, you know? So it's like kind of a new inspiration a little bit behind it. So it kind of sounds a little bit different when we all perform it, I think. And that, that like makes it really interesting, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that makes it more reverent. If it was, if it meant something to you then, and you're able to like take a, a look at it 20 years later and it, it means something different to you. That's, yeah, that makes like it more reverent. Sorry. Yeah, it kind of it morphs a bit. Yeah, it does. I mean, but it still maintains the integrity of, um, of the original inspiration, of course. But, like, just personally for me, like, it's a little, a little bit morphed into a modern time sort of uh, stuff that affects me, you know? Like, uh, just having a kid and being in a... You know, being married, you know, and having a elderly father, um, you know, those things apply to those those songs um, to me now. And uh, my mom's gone now too, so it's like things are different, you know. And uh, it's fresh again, and it's nice to be back together with the guys playing. And it's, you know, it's a different dynamic. Uh-huh. Everybody gets together, and everyone's cool and just mellow and respects each other. Nothing. Yeah, do you nope. feel kind of more like objective about them, sort of? Like when you play them, you're not as like tethered to the. Absolutely, the... absolutely, I do. That's a good word for it. Objective sort of performance, almost like somebody else is playing it with you, mm-hmm. like an old ver- old version of yourself is is like is running on the treadmill and and you're watching it happen like in the backseat or something. Yeah, but, at the like, end of two thousand one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was a time there where were. there was a time where uh, you, you you didn't necessarily feel comfortable really playing some of those songs, right? Uh, yeah, there was like a couple of times on um, after a while that were just it's emotionally draining to play that, like empty and waiting hurt, you know. After a while, when when, when you're kind of bummed out, but like not that big of a deal anymore for me it's just especially since i'm older now and we've all become like a little bit more professional when it comes to things i guess that you commit yourself to and do you sort of have have to maintain this type of 
I don't want to say excellence. You just want to try to maintain like something, some integrity of doing things well. You know, that's um, true. Yeah, like Max has his has his business, and that's like morphed him into a, you know a refined individual that takes on projects and tasks in a completely different manner than he did when we were writing all these songs, you know, and and he has two kids now and just, I have a child and just things are crazy different. Dude, I laughed so much about how much of a sloppo I, I was like when we had the band together. I, I, me, me too. Me too. We were all, we were, we were all like that. We were all like that. Dude. Do you, just, yeah, do you but remember man. like when we went on tour, like we went on a winter tour, right? And I was like, I hadn't even like packed and you guys were like waiting outside to leave. And I was like, Dad, yeah, I need a sleeping bag, man. I, I don't have a sleeping bag. He's like, oh, I got one for you. <laughs> was I, that the I didn't time tell you, the last one. What is a Marlboro? Yeah. <laughs> did I tell us already before? Nah, I don't think so. And my dad's like, I got you covered, man. And he gives me the sleeping bag. I toss it in the van. You know, we're going to like freaking Saskatchewan in like January. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get on tour, you're all excited and the van's like rolling down, you know, and then you start settling in after a while, like taking your stuff out of your um, bag. And so I go and I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm going to I'm gonna go to sleep now and get all cozy. And I take this sleeping bag. It's got a Marlboro logo on the, <laughs> the I'm like, oh, this cannot be good. And I go and it's like, it's like a sheet that goes up to my waist. Polaris, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. dude. I remember that thing. I remember that thing, dude. I just, dude like, whenever I'm like at work holding like two cell phones or something, I, I think of that moment like, damn. We're grown. We're grown up now. <laughs> I know that's true. We are grown well, Mac, up. Now. Max just uh, he just bought a pedal board. That's true. I got my first pedal board. <laughs> oh my. He got his first pedal board like two months ago. Sick. What do you got going on in there, Max? Uh, you know the usual. The usual. So- a little delay, a little bit, a tuner, he's some got delay. A, he's got an HM two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> HM2 would be sick. <laughs> I don't want to go so far that I have a bunch of pedals that are going to screw me up. So it's like I have a delay. Are you, are you, are you going to put the full drive in there? No, nah, I finally retired that thing. Uh, full drive is a, it's a distortion pedal, but. <clears throat> no, he has a Timmy. I got a Timmy. Timmy. You got a, a different, uh, different drive pedal now? Yeah, it's a boost. It's like a boost. Oh, nice. I mean, it's a drive and a boost. Like, Dude, he's going to hit that whenever he solos. He hits that boost. You know, I'm going to hit that oh, boost. Yeah, yeah on, uh, on uh, what the fuck? Remember. When he hits that solo, <laughs> yeah, on remember. And it's like, it's time to oh, boost shit. this shit. No way, you're going to stop the song, and then Dave's going to have to take the guitar and play it for me. <laughs> Dude, that'd be sick. Remember. Oh, my God. That'd be good if we played that one. That's a good song. Yeah, dude. We should, we should put that one in there, you guys. Oh goodness gracious, Jeremy! We'll see. Huh? Just, shit, man! If we're gonna do talk is cheap, we might as well play. Remember, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I don't think you're you're gonna play either, Jer. So don't worry. <laughs> you know, the the one time that we went back and played seven inch songs was mm-hmm. at that um the the Nardcore the Nardcore the Nardcore uh, anniversary at uh theater now when it was at the the Wainimi skate palace oh yeah 
And like, I yeah, remember, and there like, was a fucking riot, Max. So we <laughs> uh, should do it yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, for you guys, we got to finish our set. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's like one of two shows ever that I played someone else's guitar. Oh yeah, I I played a Les Paul that night. It was probably yours. It was either yours or Jeremy's. Oh, do you remember why we played right after you guys? Yeah, because I was a washed up dick and showed up not even bringing <laughs> equipment. <laughs> Uh, that's why in control we didn't even play a full set. We were like, Let's see how the shows would be. Was it black or was it red? Well, I, but didn't it they get shut down while you guys were playing? Nah. <laughs> they, that shit happened. And then like they pepper sprayed everyone and then Rat Pack played yeah. next. <laughs> Poor Rat Pack. <laughs> yeah. Rat Pack played to a room full of pepper spray and no one else. Yeah. R.I.P. Matt Rat. I remember. I, know, dude. I just remember busting at that show, busting out those seven inch songs. They're kind of like. You know, people have been hassling us for a long time about going back to this shit. Yeah. Let's just, this is the show to do it. And we played it and everyone was like, whatever. And then we're like, well, fuck it. We're never playing those songs again. <laughs> nah, dude. You, you, you played problems at Billios after that. Yeah. I mean, we busted a couple of randos out through the year, but that was the one time we were like, let's just do this. Like, the, let's throw the seven inch into the, yeah. into like the set. You yeah. Know? What about True Reality, dude? Play that song. That song's dead. Yeah, that song rips. Too, that's I like that, that seven inch split with the choices. Those songs were always little, I have a special place in my heart. Yeah, those, those are good. Mm, those yeah. are the best ones. I remember how I much like Jeremy it. liked the Lab seven inch when it came out. Do you remember that? Oh, uh, dude, hell yeah, dude. dude! I was so psyched on those guys. I still have it, dude. Yeah, I got it. I, I uh, uh, remember you guys played that show in San Clemente. Oh yeah, with, with Lab. Yeah, I remember it. We did the sound for it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I remember the, the 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 there was a local band on that show too that was like full San Clemente like like Did what is that, play that show? flat what? flat bill white they sounded like a flat bill white hat they sounded like socks pulled up flat bill white hat like all the way I can't remember who it was it wasn't Spoonfed they didn't play that show did I, they? I think it might that might have been Spoonfed I can't remember but it's like that style of like new school punk that's just like sloppy fast and. And then, like, it always breaks down, and it's the same riff, but they're just playing the drum slower. Like, well, I don't know what you call it. Like, it's like a certain brand of, like, new school. It's, like, not good at your instruments yet. <laughs> I think it's just, like, Orange County to San Diego, new school punk era 97. You know? It's, like, Taylor Steele surf flick inspired. Oh, dude. Like, more so from, the, like, the, the surf movies than from the actual bands themselves, you know? I was... Just recently, I was trying to find that song uh, that Bracket does on that Malloy Brothers video, the first Malloy Brothers video I think they did, and I can't remember the name of it, so I went on, on looking for it, and like they have hundreds of songs that like, are the same name. Huh. Dude, but when, yeah, when Rocky George joined, uh, who did he just join? They were like a popular band. Oh my God. They are like a ska band. It's like... I'm just gonna throw some ska bands. Yeah, out. throw Aqua some bats. No, <laughs> no. mustard plug. No, is there a funk band? Who did he join? He joined like a super famous band. I don't know. I don't know who Rocky George is. It. He played for suicidal tendencies. Oh, okay. This is within the past couple of years. Yeah, within the last ten years. Hmm. Oh man. Whatever. I'll I'll Google it right now. Sorry. That would have been a fun antidote if I didn't fuck up. <laughs> I was going to tie it into your bracket, like listening to every song. Yeah, that's called Warren's Song, and they have a bunch of different Warren songs, and I couldn't find the one that I, that was on the Malloy Brothers video, maybe because it's an exclusive version or something, but Whoa. 
Did, did you like try the, the YouTube? second time I've heard the bracket today, and I haven't heard that band get mentioned in like the last fifteen years. Yeah, I know. Isn't that isn't that crazy how it works that way? Yeah. Fishbone. Oh, dude, really? I know, huh? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was in Fishbone, and so, like, when he joined Fishbone, I like listened to their entire album, hoping to hear a solo, and I didn't hear one. And I was like, man, I listened to a whole Fishbone album, and it, it was not. It was. I don't know. I'd never listened to them before or after. Fishbone? Sure, yeah, I'm sure they're a great band. I, li- I liked them a lot when I was a kid. Dude, don't be secret about it. That's sick if you like Fishbone. Yeah, what is like? Remember that? What's the Fishbone album? What's the best one? Uh, Reality of My Surroundings or um, Truth and Soul? Jesus Christ, they've been around since 79? Really? Yeah. Whoa. Hey, Roger, remember that time when what's his name from Fishbone showed up with his, with his horn and a chain reaction. Yeah, I remember that. Norway. Remember that, Max? Yeah, he's just doing like a solo show with his saxophone. Oh, yeah, it's just, yeah. That's I think sick. it was Angelo, dude. Yeah, uh, he just showed up and like freaking in between sets, just jumped up real quick and busted out. It was tight. Really? Yeah, you don't remember that? Remember. You must have been outside, or you were there, dude. You remember? <laughs> Come on. I, I remember you I were like, yeah, I'll like, fuck. is this what Fishbone sounds like? I know I've heard them, but it's, <laughs> yeah, were they? What would they you consider did. them? Are they like they were like like contemporaries of like Red Hot Chili Peppers or something, right? Like they, they're funky. I, I think yeah, they're, they're funky. pretty funky. Yeah, yeah, they were they were like first a ska punk band, and then uh, I think they got more of that modern kind of metal. They they eventually got pretty metallic. Their first EP was 1985. And their first LP, 86. Well, band's solid, dude. Yeah, yeah but it says they've been good. around since 79. What? Wow. You know, I saw them at Warp Tour one year. Um, they played over Pennywise, surprisingly. Ooh. I think they like were the headliner in 96. They were. They, I mean, at one point in time, they were a pretty, pretty huge band. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was... Uh, my brother got me a fishbone shirt when I was in grade school. I think you bought it at Wild Planet. It said "fuck racism." Mm-hmm. That's sick. And my parents let me wear it. Around. Yeah, because they're like, "Well, I support the message, not yeah, the word." Right? right? Man, I forgot about Wild Planet, dude. Hey, Jerry, you know what song I want to hear? Which one is that one on? Uh, I want to say it's on the second record, and he goes, that song fucking rips. I think we tried to play it last time we practiced, didn't we? Yeah. I'm down to play it. Actually, it didn't sound too bad. Maybe we'll break it out. Dude, it's, it hits so hard in the beginning, and then like the melodies are so nice. Like... How, oh, they're like so you. nice, but then like toe dipping a little bit into that darkness, you know? Yeah, but right. Like on. Not, not putting the whole foot in. I'm trying think, to do that. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. Vigorin didn't like that song very much. Why? Because I think it was, uh, it had like weird hardcore tinge, and they didn't, I don't think they just really, the very beginning and the end, right? They didn't really get it. You know, it doesn't really have a chorus, which is cool. It's like kind of a verse and a bridge, and then a verse and a bridge. Yeah, it's not really a, a, a traditional style. The chorus is it, pretty it, yeah. busy, huh? But it's, it's sick because you start to bring in that tiny little lead. Yep. Yeah, dude, that song is sick. 
Savior. So sick. Yeah, the the freaking the bendy octave part that Max does is badass right there. The wah, 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 that was my favorite part. <coughs> I'm gonna ride for that. Verse. I'm gonna ride for that whole song. All right, I'm I'm into it. I'm down to play it. All right, dude. So we got we got uh, freaking talk is cheap. We yeah. got remember. We got remember, and now we got savior. Enter yeah. savior. Three three and added sure, to the list. And a fishbone and a fishbone cover. Fishbone <laughs> cover and sure reality, dude. Oh yeah, sure reality. Oh, dude. Hey, Friday night, November first. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be fucking <laughs> off the hook. At the where can I fucking remember the discovery, name? Discovery, man. We gotta okay. discover oh, that name. Damn it, dude. <laughs> Wait, okay. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that how that good. works? I always wondered how people did that. <laughs> I programmed my buttons, and now it's like the hardest thing to like not be like that <laughs> shit where it's like shock jock, like to, <laughs> yeah, to be on shock jock or, or that fucking shit where it's like the Vuvuzela, you know, you hear all the time. <laughs> yeah. But that rate, that rate to life one's good though. Check it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! All right, dude. Good. You got anything Good else stuff. to throw down on uh, on that show, Jer? Anything else you want to say? Yeah. Um. Just yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm psyched. I'm already having fun. Thanks for calling. Thanks for the thanks for the convo. And I'm psyched. You guys are into it. So hey, Jeremy. What's yep. up, Raj? Do you have any um? Recording of and the sadness prevails stories that maybe some of us don't know about. Ooh, you mm. gotta have some hot take on that because you were, yeah, you, you were, were doing vocals without us the whole time. I just when I when I think back of that that whole thing, I just think I remember the smell of like nog chompa every morning, <laughs> like Chad just always being a total goofball with his silly putty and like. Rolling it right there in front of the board, just rolling a silly putty, going. <laughs> Dude, I always wondered what Chad was. So Chad Blimmon was the engineer, right, on that record, and I was—he was one of those guys. You always wonder what he's thinking. Yeah, you know? dude. Like, where did he come from? Right, he was like this goth dude. Like, he had like a goth thing going on, right? Industrial. Industrial. Yeah. Death rock. Like, he's just. He had like a, a a lime green flat top, and like wore red like Doc Martin. You know, it's plaid shorts kind of style. Yeah. And his face White. like looked English. He was like the like, ticket puller of the Insomniac. Totally. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> you, you fucking nailed it right there. Wow, that was amazing. For his part time at Wild Planet. <laughs> oh Jesus, Insomniac! First show I ever saw at the Insomniac was like Five Apples Tall. Is this like local band from my high school? Five uh, apples tall? That's a great five, name. Five apples <laughs> tall, that, Isn't dude. that the size of a Smurf? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should, you should oh, have no. sold You should have sold that name to Finger Eleven. Oh, yeah. They could have used it. <laughs> Said, hey, you guys are a pretty good band, but if you want to upgrade your name, how about uh, Five Apples Tall? <laughs> <laughs> they, they would laugh for sure. <laughs> so nothing, oh, my huh? God. Uh, that's, you know, I mean that and like, and all the old gear was so fun to look in that, what's his name? Trey? Was that his name? The, oh yeah. Oh, hi's the, the engineer guy. guy? He, yeah. Yeah. He always like, <clears throat> smelled like BO all the time. And it was like, oh, his BO was gnarly, huh? <laughs> yeah. And 
don't know. I just I just remember like the atmosphere really, and it was really exciting to be there. We were like new with Trevor, you know. We we still were like, oh shit, this guy's in face to face. You know, he's face to face, basically. <laughs> we were a little intimidated by that, um, but at the same time, we were like young kids with integrity that were, you know, tough to budge on, like you know, production stuff. Like <clears throat> we were pretty solid with with what we were doing, and he was cool with that. So, um, shoot, I can't think of anything like too funny or crazy that happened during that stuff. Uh, think we did so what one take i remember that nice that's one take that you're hearing so um what else is cool oh when would they when they remit when they went to mix the record they went down to la and they pumped the drums through these two big speakers like stereo in oh, a yeah. giant room that guns and roses used to practice in and they like Shut they up, mic'd, yeah they mic'd the speakers so they like freaking mic the whole room and just shot the whole mix through the through, to the room and then mic that and then use that for the mix for reverb. It was pretty freaking cool. That's right. They're like, we're gonna, <clears throat> we're gonna have a big live room one way or the other, right? So they yeah. just like re. What do they do? They call that remiking or reamping or? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. They had a real lot of cool ideas and a lot of applications that 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 we did. You know, like experimenting with mic placement and different types of mics and good vintage gear um but i really like what, what roger did i think if if we would have had that the recording that we have now i mean it's cool to have them both just to have you know in retrospect but that's right yeah. you know that's something we should mention huh jerry like we haven't even said that that the roger remakes let's, the record let's go into it with jeremy when we let jeremy go oh. yeah yeah okay. Uh, okay uh are you guys gonna stay by right now now we're gonna Hello? let you go you're going to let me go. Okay. It was nice working with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, call us back. Hey, call us back if you come up with a good uh, story, Jeremy. But otherwise, we're letting you go, dude. What, do you have a tour, okay. do you have a tour messing, story? I'm just messing with you. How about a tour story? I, hey, Jeremy, what do, you, what do you remember about the in control van? <laughs> Peeing in the bottom of that fucking hole when you're, when you're driving <laughs> and just hoping to God a rock doesn't come up and blast your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never thought about that. I never thought about that possibility. It's too real, dude. Fuck. I think that scary. van has made it into every pod so far. Right? Just, uh, just, imagine, just imagine how many penises have gone in that hole, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> That, that was the hardest fucking softball that's ever been lobbed up for a joke <laughs> that we're all missing because it's 2019. <laughs> <laughs> no one's missing it. No one's saying it. I know. Fuck. I mean, who's safe to say? Melania Trump? That's like the only one you could have said. Right? No, people and even, even then we feel awkward. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just change the subject. <laughs> Jeremy. Okay. Jeremy, yeah. Do you remember the time we were we were driving through a snowstorm in yep. the middle of uh, I don't know what state it was, but I think JP was driving and we didn't have windshield wipers, and it was a oh blizzard. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Were yeah, you, and were he you had awake for that in Oregon. I, I, I really 
I, I want to yeah. say I was not. I th- if I was awake, I made myself go back to sleep because I don't remember <laughs> that shit. That's I, fucking scary. That's horrifying. What did he family. do? Did he did he stick his <laughs> did he stick his head out the window? Dude, I don't know. I I forced myself to go to sleep. <laughs> One time I woke up and I fucking looked. I, I mean, it was a straightaway, you know, in the desert. And you know how you look at those straightaways sometimes and it just keeps going forever. And there's no traffic, really. It's, it's like no big deal. But I woke up and we were going, I felt like we were going fast for some reason. I just had that floaty kind of feeling. And I look up and I look at the speedometer. I shit you not, dude. It's going like 100 miles an hour. JT was driving 100 miles an hour with our chair. And all of us crashed out, man. I was all, hey, dude, you got to slow down, JT. Psychopath. <laughs> it's not even funny, dude. The fact that we're even He's alive like, is crazy. He's like, Jeremy, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can the wheels, though? Yeah. That's, my, that's my absolute favorite part of tour is being out in the middle of the desert when, like, you get to see that stretch and there's no cars. It's like. And, yeah, dude. You know. It's yeah. a nice feeling. Like, you, when you finally, like, actually break out of, of, the, of, of your town and you, you're on tour and you're, like, away from it all and you see the desert and you just get that, oh, okay, here we go. We're going to fucking. Go shred. This is gonna be good. You can relax and just like take a big breath and shake it off kind of bit, you know. Yeah, one of my favorite nights on tour ever. We were driving from, I think we played Texas with Die Hard Youth. So Die Hard Youth was with us and in control, and we were like, we had the next night off, and it was like Whoa. two bands. So we're like, oh, we'll all chip in, and some of us will sleep in the vans, and some of us will like we'll get a, a motel room. And the reason why we wanted to get a room because the first. uh the first bum fights had just come out on VHS <laughs> and we're like, we, oh, we, we got to get a room somewhere that has a VCR. So we watch bum fights <laughs> and it was like the best night off ever. Like 20 dudes packed into a fucking room watching bum fights, like eating fucking Taco Bell. <laughs> it was like a perfect day. Cause it was like those long desert drives. Just like you were talking about the weather yeah, was dude. beautiful. And then it's like, fucking cap it off with bum fights and some fucking high life. Oh, <laughs> hell to, yeah. There you go, dude. Just to take that nice, clean experience and fucking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. It's tight. You, you always had a keen eye, too, when you were in the van, Jerry. You always saw, you always saw funny stuff. Yeah. Like, I remember one time you saying you saw a bullfrog that was like two feet Dude, long. no. I'm telling you, we were. that's real. That shit's real. That was real, man. What about it the chupacabra? <laughs> You the dead demon, dude. That was the dead demon we saw. Shut where do you, up, where do you see the bullfrog, though? When the bullfrog was in Florida, it was like uh, I want to say, I want to say the east, the west coast of the Panhandle yep, area, where it's all like mangrove, like, just for miles. Yeah, it was on the side of the interstate. It was a giant red toad, dude, and it had like, it was fucking huge. It was seriously like I'm trying to imagine, like. Like a watermelon, dude. That's how big it was. <laughs> That's giant. So I seen one. I was driving back from Texas with H, and we were in like eastern Arizona or maybe western New Mexico, and mm-hmm. we saw a giant frog. It was the biggest frog I've ever seen. We heard it first because like the ribbing <laughs> is like real. It's like yeah, burp, deep. Burp. yeah. It's like some <laughs> big fucking nut having frog. Yeah, you know? scary like, kind burp, of yeah. Burp, burp. <laughs> And I'd say it was about the size of a baseball hat. That's so legit. Not, not like a not a watermelon, but it's a big frog. It was I a know, big dude. ass frog. What about yeah, what about the Native American in the middle of the night? Dude, 
dude, that was so crazy, dude. Oh my god, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Still, uh, all right, so tell it. We're driving. We're driving in the middle of nowhere, dude. Up like uh, in Canada on the way from. God, we were like, going. I don't know if we were going from Vancouver across to like Saskatchewan or something. We're in the Rockies, right? We're in the Rockies. Yep. It was fucking far. It was four a.m. in the morning. Nothing. Uh, Nothing for miles, dude. Just a highway in like snow, like like light snow all over this flat area that you could sort of imagine spawning out out of the headlight zone, you know. <clears throat> so we're driving on the road. Roger, you're sitting shotgun, right? Yep. Are you, okay, dude. We're look, we're we're driving, and uh, we look on the, the side of the road. There's this a guy. He's a Native American. He's got long black hair, black leather uh, jacket on. And chaps. And like black chaps. And he's standing in the bushes looking at us as we're driving by with like absolutely, you know, just no expression at all. He was <laughs> in the middle yeah. of the night. You know, that was just he, some like biker who ran out of gas. He's like, oh, finally, this is the first car I've seen in nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> that was, just drove by. No, that was, it, we, we were a little creeped out by it. It was cold out there, dude. So you, yeah, you dude, just you know? blew past him on the freeway? Like, how fast? We were we blowing past him. We, we were, were, we was just like. Driving normal. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't slow down. Like It was a it twisty though, right? road, right? No way. What about that time we were up by Lake Superior, man? Remember that one? When we were driving by the by Lake Superior? And uh, everyone was asleep, and we all woke up at the same time, like having nightmares. Oh yeah, because we we were like it was the entire place was haunted, right? Yeah, you yeah. Had a we group nightmare. Up. Group nightmare. It was a group nightmare, dude. And everybody felt really off, real off. Yeah, like it wasn't right, and there was this fog everywhere too, <laughs> all over the place. It was weird, man. We pulled into this hotel, this mo- little motel. And we were going to stay there, and we're like, nah, dude, let's get the fuck out of here. We yeah, out of there. keep it we, moving. We just, just kept going, you know? Yeah. I think, um, full disclosure, I think that was the tour that we were doing, like, ghost hunting on. I think we yeah, were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, were. we had like, yeah. a book of haunted places across the country. We were, Scary yeah, Stories, we were. part three. Wait. Yeah, we, we like, search it out and, like, don't really get it, but then, like, it comes to us or something. Yeah. I don't know. But, when we hit that place in the cornfield, that church, that was weird. Was it motive when we tried to sleep in a in a uh, road like a rest area, and uh, it was, yeah, in it was Nebraska, the, it was the middle. It was probably late spring, early summer, so it wasn't comfortable. It was hot, and I swear to God, we heard this was somebody crazy thing moaning. Ever. Yeah. <sighs> Imagine that outside like, your window, literally outside your window, trying to sleep on on the bench seat, and you just hear that like moaning. And there were no other cars in that parking lot. Right? Yeah. Nothing, dude. I, I, there was nothing out there, dude. And then we woke maybe, up. Maybe, maybe some morning. dude like fell over drunk or something for a while and slept there. And I'm thinking back on it. It's possible that happened. But we did wake up the next morning, and and there was like a a whole uh, plaque about it being. Uh, it used to be like a. Indian, there was a huge Indian burial yeah, massacre. Or something like that. Okay. It was a, there was a giant massacre, dude. There was a bunch of natives that were like slaughtered there. Ghost like yeah. us. 
Dude, that was just not, two Nebraskans having fun, <laughs> rolling in the yeah. hay, getting some exactly. fucking, getting some booty. Do you remember the truck stop scene and something about Mary? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it all it all sounds so tame, but man, when it was it was happening, it freaked the hell out of me. No, it's just in like that is not subtle at all. I've told the story like a couple times on the air, and it's not even a good story. But we stayed at this house in like Western New York, and it was like on this old farm that was like kind of abandoned and the house was like on a lean. And so like when you, when you had to go upstairs to use the restroom and walk down this long hall and the fucking hallway was like on a tilt Mm. and it's like stuck in my head. And like, it's like, I could almost have nightmares about it still because it's so subtle. And like, none of us talked about it until like the next day when we left, we're like, did you guys have to go take a piss last night? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, was that house fucked up or what? Yeah. And it's like, I feel, I feel I feel like because we didn't hash it out while we were in the house, it's like maintained its scariness in my brain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's totally how they like shoot creepy movies too, right? Like if something's kinda. about to happen, like things are kind of kinda a yeah. little and sort of weird. It was just so weird because it was nothing like I don't know. Uh just kind of gives <laughs> you the creeps. Anyway. Yeah, dude, it is creepy. But it wasn't a the- if I heard that in that house, dude, I would have just fucking shot myself. No, have you ever been? With... Remember the 13th floor in the Rock and Roll Armada in Detroit? You guys ever bust that place out? Mm-mm. Did, yeah. did we? Did we stay at the Armada? No. <laughs> no. Nah, this this place, it's it's like it's like the, it's super cheap. Like that's the greatest thing about the Rock and Roll Armada in Detroit. It's like it's uh, not that expensive to stay there, and the place is freaking awesome. That rules. But, the thirteenth floor, like I guess, is totally condemned, and there was you could go, you go in there, you could see bullet holes and shit, and like there's all kinds of mob, there's like a mob hit there or something, I don't know, but it was a perfect setup, right? Because they just had doors <clears throat> that were chained, but you could still open them enough to like go into the floor. Yeah, whoa, remember that? Remember that, Max? Who was yeah. with us, dude? I don't we lost remember. about I half was... of a... Yeah, <laughs> we had a whole shitload of people at those doors. And by the time we got through those doors, we turned around. There was like <laughs> five of us or something. Everybody split. <laughs> did we? Did, did we? Did we stay there? I had a Zippo lighter for a, for a light. We just went down in there and just checked it out. It was creepy. Yeah. Oh, well, we stayed it, there. We we stayed there too with with our ex and Fairway. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The place was creepy. Or what about when the bottom of the rave when we hiked down into that freaking pool? Remember that thing down the pool, the rave in uh, oh, the Milwaukee. Garage. Yeah, that place in Milwaukee. Yep. Yeah, we played with Ice <clears throat> Earth that night. Well, no, we should clarify. <laughs> we were in the downstairs venue and Ice Earth was in the upstairs venue. That's right. But was it was that, a Masonic Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. That was that time we almost freaking got in a fight with security because they got Albert's girlfriend from there in a headlock or something. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Do you remember that shit? Mm-mm. I was packing a switchblade, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you I might have gone to St. Bonaventure. I'm still from Nard. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> dude, man, you know, that's all, that's all I had, really. Objection, so. Fuck, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what happened from it. I just remember we took a stand against security, and we were like, you guys are fucked up. We're going to tell our friends not to play here. Fuck you guys. <laughs> and they were like there was like they started banding together like hey these, guys, these kids are getting rough like 
So then it was like all these guys in black collared polo shorts that were faded. Yeah, like beef standing, security like, guard guys. Yeah. Milwaukee. I, I just remember him telling us we can never come back there again. But <coughs> yeah. How are they going to remember? What we, that's what we said. So we finally get to say it uh, right now. It's good. I like it. Oh. Go fuck that place. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably long gone, but whatever. Yeah, but you know who is not sorry is the staff at Discovery. And on Friday night, <laughs> November 1st, Nomoto's going to hit the stage. Go. They're going to rock oh, it. Yeah. All right. That's what it's That'll all work. about, right? And, and uh, there is a second show. Oh, yeah. Day. But is Out of Trust going to play both shows? They are not going to play both shows. Well, that's some shit, because Out of Trust rules. And they are oh, playing on November 1st. And where at? At Discovery. What night of the week is that? That's a Friday night. Fuck yeah, I'll night. be there. I'll be there. All right. I'm and looking then, forward to it. And then night two, Chain Reaction? Yep. Uh, so that would be Saturday night, November 2nd, Chain Reaction, No Motive, and? Modern Color and Slow Trip. Oh, so Slow Trip is playing both shows. Yes. Fucking hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Modern Modern Color, you said? Yep. Slow Trip. I know. It's a good band name. And Omega Point, too, right? They're playing on the first. They're playing on the first. We're uh, we're currently um, trying to sort out the logistics of the second show, and hopefully okay. by the time this podcast airs, it will all be made public. Yeah. Sick. Well, if not, we're fucked. So. <laughs> you got anything well, else? Jeremy? Right on. No, just when you when when are we practicing? Oh well, I'll probably. Probably come come up there next week, perhaps. Uh, okay. Let's not let's not timestamp this because <laughs> that uh, that what if show is right around the corner. It is right around. Uh, the corner. <laughs> so, uh, good. Yeah, man. Thanks, Jerry. All right. Uh, thank you, Zach. You guys have a good night, man. Yeah. Man. Good talking. Love good you, talking, Jared. y'all. Yeah, Love you too, Mac. Love you, bro. You the man. All right. Love you too. Peace. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, yeah, dude, Jeremy, he's real. He got he got pretty fired up there at the end. That was good. <laughs> totally. You know, it's like if Jeremy gets in a lull, dude, bring up that fucking bullfrog and he's fucking back in the game. He's like an old Model T. You know, it's like takes a while to crank him up, and once he gets going, he's ready to go. That's fucking a bump and two shots of Jaeger right there. Just bring up the bullfrog. <laughs> <laughs> what about the chupacabra, dude? I don't, maybe that was too real for him to go into. He's like, I don't want to go there. The Chupacabra? Yeah. Oh, it was... You saw that. Weren't you sitting shocked? Oh. I don't know. It looked like a piece of... It looked like a giant pile of shit on the side of the road. Like roadkill or like there was something unique about it? I don't know, man. Yeah. It was a unique, a unique ass big pile of shit <laughs> on the side of the road, man. <laughs> Particularly mangled. Just somebody, somebody fun reply to you? No yeah. shit. Request to fill up my vacation rental, so that's tight. No bullfrogs in the background in the backyard. <laughs> Go ahead and call Pat. You guys, you don't, you don't Airbnb this thing, right? Uh, yeah, when we're gone for the summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. You call? Him? Yeah, want me to call? Him? Yeah. All right. Hey, hold on. Oh boy. Let's call Pat. Hello. 
Sup? Hello? Awake? What up? Yeah, yeah, so like this is like late night for me, homie. <laughs> well, how many how many energy drinks did you drink tonight? Uh, I just had a, a Red Bull, but that was like before I took my daughter for a walk. That was only like at like I don't know five five o'clock. Sounds good. Is that going to keep you awake till two o'clock in the morning? No, nah, I don't. Even, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. <laughs> you can write a song about it, dude. Pod- oh. Podcasting past my bedtime. <laughs> that, that's the new dad brain song it's gonna be so good I'll, I'll only do it if, you, if someone else writes a breakdown I gotta get points on that record now <laughs> I don't know you take it like five bucks dude you know I just want Pirates <laughs> Press to send me a, a, a Cox Bar test press I'll do I'll, I'll ask them for you <laughs> you can make that happen can't you nah dude don't, yeah. please don't worry um Let's get you all sounding good. Pat, you talking into your phone? Uh, I have you on speaker. Do you want me to talk into my phone? Yes. Come on. All right, hold on. What are you doing? All right, better? Yeah. Yes. I was sitting in my car. I was practicing drums right now, dude, and then I was sitting out. Now I'm sitting in my car. Are you at Rick Hunter's place? Yeah, dude. That's like the, the spot in Ventura where every band ever has a... Yeah. Literally. Uh, I think I've been there for 20 years. I went there for the first time and practiced with you guys in like 15 years, and they had the same exact, like, you know, like O'Doul's beer poster on the wall <laughs> with like a mustache drawn on the model. Like, it's, it's, the place is like a full on like time capsule. It's awesome. It's, it's still there, dude. Rick, Rick hangs out too sometimes, man. I think once every three months. Nice. What a wild guy. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Pat, you excited to do this no motor shit or what? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm actually practicing. I was practicing earlier. I was so excited. I was like, oh man, I gotta learn how to play drums again. You know? Were you practicing the snare roll to true reality? Because Zach wants us to play it. Actually, I was actually practicing. Jeremy wanted I was to play practicing it. That. Jeremy wanted to play it. Jeremy, Jeremy wants to play lots of things, dude. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I got. Huh? He's inspired. I know. I would play God Save the World or something. Maybe like the Bulls cover. That would be cool. Oh, oh shit! Funny, 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 funny you should mention it. <laughs> funny you should mention it. I think I'm I would. Up. I would. I would play that one because it's cool. Because it's reality is cool. But then I got to really, really practice if you got to do that. And the bold one's kind of cool because I can hit harder. And there's like a little low part in there, you know. <laughs> you can hit. You can hit hard in true reality if you want, man. No one's gonna hold that against you, Pat. I don't think you've ever oh, not. Yeah. You've never not hit hard. That's true. I think you gotta worry about that. Hey, Pat, we're gonna call you right back. Okay. Go ahead. All yeah. right. All right. FaceTime audio thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to hit him with You want to see the other ones? Yeah. <laughs> that's Daniel. <laughs> Hello. Oh, that's better. I think that's better. Did you FaceTime me? Yeah. Dude, take your dick out. What up? As long as you t- you're talking directly into your phone, I think you'll be all right. Hey, Pat. You can stop yeah. me. I don't know if you. I don't know if you want to go public with this, but can can we talk about your glove compartment or your Mustang for the last for those fifteen years? Oh my god! <laughs> what is the deal with that? Can can I can I say that? Are you cool? With that? Go ahead. So, 
I'm a married I'm a married man now. <laughs> what did he have a pocket pussy in there? No, well, it's weirder. He had a condom in there, but it wasn't in the wrapper. It was just unrolled, like in his glove compartment for like a decade. I'm not even lying. Like the entire time he had the car, it was like I think I remember getting pulled over with you one time. Yeah, we got pulled over by a cop, and the cop searched. He asked to search my car, and I was like. Go ahead, because I knew it was in there, and it was kind of funny because I was just waiting for him to go in the glove compartment. <laughs> this is fucking like <laughs> floppy condom just like rolls out of there when he opens. The- You're like seven years of having that condom in my glove compartment is gonna pay off tonight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, just creep down, <laughs> get away as fast as possible. Hey, that was on the corner of Victoria and and Channel Islands. I remember something right over there. Spud nuts. I yeah, you know, I remember the other thing I remember about you driving <laughs> on Victoria is you. You're saying, like, the one time you smoked weed and drove, you, like, saw a, a stoplight turn red, and then you just stopped, but it was, like, 300 yards away. <laughs> yeah, I, that was, no, I pulled, well, I, you know what's funny? You know what the funny thing about that is? I was telling my wife the other day, like, I was like, man, I don't smoke weed, man, like, anymore, like, it's been a while, because, and we were going over the Channel Islands Bridge, because we live in Hollywood Beach, and then it, I was going down Channel Islands bridge because i was delivering barbecue food and we used to get really stoned when we were working and deliver food and i was like i stopped all like about 200 yards before the red light and i was still on the bridge and i was like what's going on i was like crap (laughs) yeah so that's why i'm not i I, I wasn't a good stoner at all Uh, Um, get get, get together man hey you're eating barbecue so you know i guess yeah i was eating a lot of it but I think Roger, you're the only guy in Nomoto that didn't work in that in that food court on Hollywood Beach. Just because I just worked at the other one with Armand. Oh yeah, the hero trip. <laughs> what about? Yeah, I, I, that's where I worked too. Oh yeah. Um, right. Max, didn't you get like? What was your story? Didn't they think you were stealing? Yeah. Well, yeah, that happened one time. It was like Friday. Like, like they brought me in, and I had to go do an interview at the police station because someone had stolen from the cash drawer. Yeah. And it happened like on my day off. Yeah. And. I just I just remember going to the police station. They they interviewed me, and they were like, "Whatever, you're fine." And then I went back into work the next day, and everyone's like, "Like I was." Everyone else I worked with was like on like work furlough in prison, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they were just like, "Like, yeah, dog." I mean, like, I mean, I think I think you did it, but it's all good. <laughs> I was even fucking there. <laughs> Max, what what job was this? You worked at the food court too at the Mexican place. Yeah, I no at the pizza spot. I worked at the pizza spot. Oh, Philomena. No, it was it was called something else. It was like it became another pizza spot later. But then they like the funny thing about that is like they were like, hey, we're gonna move you over to the Mexican place for a couple weeks because like we had staffing or whatever. And while I was working in the Mexican place, the guy who had been a janitor there for like twenty years bought the Mexican food restaurant and he laid everyone off and then I got laid off from the fucking Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and he's like, I don't even work here. Dude, you guys set up. You got fucking set up. Yeah, they're like, hey, they're like, hey, hey thief out of you're here. Gonna go, yeah, you're gonna go work at the Mexican spot for two weeks. Hey, you're fired. That sounds like, that sounds like Friday. How are you gonna get fired? I'm gonna stay off. I know. It was so confusing. Dude, do you remember that janitor that worked? He was at the Eurogrill. Dude, he's still there. He's still there. Oh yeah, dude, that guy. He used to call me Melon Pelon, (laughs) like fucking melon hair for the people who don't speak Spanish. And then he had these gold teeth, and I'd call him Risas de Oro. (laughs) Yeah, smiles of gold. And then for for Mike Wolf, 
He just called him. Oh. Fa- he just called him fail. He didn't even just. He didn't even get a name. Hey, what up, ugly? <laughs> That's sorry. What's up, Michael? Oh my gosh. Hey, what's that, what's that story about the someone hidden that food court one time while it was closing so they could like rob it? That was you, oh. dude. On that night, you didn't work. <laughs> No, this is way nah, better. Nah, dude, there was, a, was this one time, like, this guy stayed and <laughs> ripped the place off, man. Do you know that one, Pat, or is that a Jeremy one? No, that was, yeah, when I was working there, there was a whole week. Oh, the, my boss decided to have a Christmas party, and all these hoodlums that I know came, and next thing you know, like, there's just beer. Someone took all the beer, and they money and i didn't even know it was just crazy dude yeah it was like at 12 in the morning and i was like they, they closed it down for a party and cops came and it was just, yeah i the, the story i heard was so, that like someone hid in there while they closed it so yeah they could, and they showed up at a party because that was like where the fisherman's house was and so they yeah. showed up at a party like holding two giant lobsters like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, no, I was like, yeah, we came up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pat, you got to you got to uh, settle a controversy for us. Can you talk about okay. talk about getting Max into No Motive? Who who uh, who found him? Who discovered him? And who brought him into the band? I think it was I. I think well at the time I was going out with this girl who lived on Thorstrand um, and Jessica and her younger sister Jenny knew Max. And I think I got, I asked Jessica to get me in touch with Max somehow. And I think Fred knew him. I don't even know if Fred knew him, but I think it was my, my girlfriend and her younger sister, Jenny, had a connection with him. So and, we're going with the Blafers. Were, the Blafers got Max in no more. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah, third story. I think so. <laughs> a third theory. <laughs> I, I think so. That's what I remember. And then I called him, and I, I think I talked to him on the phone. I think it was your number, Max, 95? Uh, 6863, maybe. 6863. And um, he came to my house like a couple of days later, I think, with his Fender amp and a – I don't know, Fender guitar and a amp. Great. Yeah. And then, is it the and, Yeah. No, it was, no, a, it it was a legend, dude. Oh, no. it was yeah, the legend. it was a legend. Yeah, the legend was cool. And then he came up, and then we started playing Problems. No, he had this riff. I remember the riff he played, Max. It was like... <laughs> totally. It was like an Adam Fiscaldo riff or something, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. And, and I remember that riff he played, and then we started playing Problems and like School Sucks or something. And then I was like, hey, I want to be in the band. I think you were 13, huh? 14? 14, yeah. Yeah, 14. Yeah, I remember that, dude. Yeah. Huh? So I think it was I think it was the Blafers who got you in, like the connection. That's cool. I mean, that's a that's a third version. They, I'm sure they're all connected somehow. <laughs> it all plays a part. I, I can't quite like nail it down because I was at someone else's house when you called me. So it was like, how does that make sense? Would that be pre-cell phone? It's like you're calling around. Yeah. Like, oh, no, he's over at this guy's house. And like, they were totally. Like, and like you're just calling different people's houses trying to find somebody. That's badass, dude. That's old school, dude. It's real, dude. Stuff happens. Yeah, man. <laughs> they needed you that bad. They couldn't just wait and leave a message. I know. They yeah, didn't trust Patio. Like they didn't trust ripper. Patio to give it to you. Mike Frontino takes full credit for for the whole. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! I think it was Frontino. Right. I think Frontino had something to do with it. Yeah, dude. 
All right. So our stories are starting to they're starting to gel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nobody's wrong. Yeah. Everybody's right. It's possible that everybody's right. Everybody's yeah. gonna be right. Yeah. Right. I just saw Frontino the other day too. Cool. That's tight. He's cool. Crazy. He's a good guy. Crazy. All right. Yeah, that's it was Frontino, dude. Hey Pat, who told you to play so fast on the seven inch? Like were you just playing as fast I, as you can? Like what what was your influence for playing so fast? Because like you know, like who you listened to at that time, like all the uh, all the fat and epitaph bands, right? Yeah. I dude, I learned how well first, yeah, when I started playing fast, it was like I started doing, you know, like the Green Day Dookie, like, you know, the fast hi hat. And then I got to know facts and then the and then I heard the Forgotten Country, um, Good Riddance album. Yeah. And I was like, this too fast like it's really fast like the weight doing the hi-hat and then the strumming like the down picking is so fast i was like i gotta try to keep up with this dude. right it's not so fast I, do I, do that, but it's fast like mid-tempo huh to get rid of stuff yeah yeah it's so then i started doing that and then i just did the doubles and the kick and then um so it's the forgotten country album but then like when it came in i just started playing as fast as i could i think on that part i was so Amped up right there. It doesn't even make sense. It's so stupid. It's like dun 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 yeah, it was real, real, and no, you know, just a quick mix. And I remember John Lyons like, "Hey, can we listen to that?" And he's like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought like the heart, my heart just went down, dude. I was like, "Oh, my heart went down." <laughs> well, John Lyons has never heard anything special in his life. That's true. You know what I mean? I know. I thought that was the best recording I've ever heard in my life. I heard the Tom go through the music. Is that us? Oh my gosh, that's my Tom a rock star? Whoa, you know? Yeah. I'm so excited and then I just got let down by Lions, but it's cool. You know, one thing I remember is you can't, well, let's talk about Lions. You can't take it personal at all, right? No. No. Because like he no, played, what? let's go through things that he downplayed. Like, he saw Shawshank Redemption. Like, someone was like, what do you think about that movie? He's like, oh, it's all right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It, yeah, it, like, it wasn't totally. so much his words; it was just his tone. Anyway, so yeah, it could be like that was the best movie I ever saw in my life. Yeah, and it <laughs> he's like, like oh. five years old. Like someone buys him his first ice cream cone. Like <laughs> oh, that was all right. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go oh. sleep now. He was one time we played though. One time we played at the living room, dude. And he's like, "Hey, man, you guys are pretty good tonight." I was like, "Whoa, Whoa. dude, yeah. that, you're on top so of the world." Dope. Yeah, dude. I was like, "We made it." He made it. Yeah, yeah he, he was like the um, the classic like scary dad where he holds back all the time. So when you, when you do get like a little like piece of a compliment, <laughs> you're just like like your heart just glowing. Like, dude, I remember the first time the first time I played there, dude, at the living room. Oh man, I was. I, I, this is how you learn. Like I was trying to like take off my symbols off the stand on the stage yeah. instead of taking the symbol with the stand. He's like, oh, you don't do that. Take the whole thing off. And I was like, oh, I just learned something right there. Just got checked. Right, it was cool. That's good advice, though. Yeah, man. Next thing you know, I never did that. You know what I mean? And then we went on toilet good riddance, and we were slow motive, and we learned too many things. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Good riddance gave us slow motive nickname. Yeah, dude. 
Oh man, we, came we, in just, early. we just never let that one go away, did we? Nope. <laughs> we just got slower. We're gonna we're gonna play slow as fuck at Discovery on, <laughs> on, November on Friday, 1st. November first. <laughs> at Discovery on Thompson. Um Hey Pat, did you coin the term the DC cheat for that drum beat? I did I claim no, I think someone did you else coin did. It? I, did I coin it? Yeah. I don't think so. No. Nah. That was a good one, though. For the I like it. <laughs> the battery. Wait, beat. wait. Because <laughs> he's not doing double Isn't time I... on the hi hat. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love that. You know what? Amen. And then I listen to that record. I still listen to that record sometimes. I'm driving. I'm like, man, I kind of like that beat. Dude, I wish I would have did that one sometimes. <laughs> right? You do it a little bit it's on a... Cynical. You come in and out of it. You're yeah, still, I do. I like you're, it, you're man. You're still doing do that, do that, do that, do that. You're. You go to that a little bit on the hi-hat. Sometimes. You know what happened yeah, there, if I got my timing fun. right? is Didn't we go see Lagwagon, and you saw that... What was that drummer's name? Kyle? The shredder Derek. drummer in Lagwagon? No, the, the guy that passed away, Derek. Yeah, yeah. Derek. Was like, And you dude, saw him cheating live, and you were like, oh, it's okay to cheat. Oh, he cheated live? Fuck yeah. Yeah. He was like... He, che- he was a fast Yeah, he cheated because like he was doing some crazy samba, like crazy rudimental stuff on the other part so it was like he go like so it was like i don't know what he was doing but it was pretty cool he was very fast yeah he was he was faster than good riddance forgotten country right oh yeah dude he's the only guy that was like in past level of playing that fast well the only time the only time i ever heard pat say somebody was fast was uh he was talking about Satanic Surfers. Oh, oh yeah, and real fast. And it was like hard to get a hold of their records at the time, and so I didn't hear him for like another six months after he was like hyping them, like talking. He's like, "Dude, they're like the fastest one, like the best one." And like, and then I remember we had this conversation at work like a few months ago. And we looked it up, and like they just had a new record come out. <laughs> like, was that them, or was that no fun at all? It was like one of the Swedish bands. I think yeah. both of them had a new record last year. Really? But like, <laughs> they never stopped. They just kept going the whole yeah. way through. Yeah, yeah. power through. Calling. No one call and put out. Keeps playing. Yeah, man, they, those guys are cool, man. They just keep going and smiling, dude. They just smile and play. Who, Melancholin? Does Melancholin? Yeah. Play, do they still play fast though? Oh I yeah, don't know. They, they started playing fast again. They oh. play. They play like. They play like rise fast. They play that beat. Now. Yeah. Remember we were on their bus in the warp tour, dude, and they had to play at eleven in the morning. Yeah. You guys remember that? Oh, or yeah. I, I was on their bus or something, and they're like, "Oh, we got to play." They played at eleven in the morning. I felt bad. They, yeah. they were there. not awake. So you get for writing ska songs. <laughs> <laughs> Should have kept it fast, fool. <laughs> hey, we got, but we got punished. Remember we, we drove from New York. We played the Wetland show at the Tar Parties, and then we drove overnight to Cleveland, and then on the war tour, and then we had the first lot at like ten thirty in the morning. I remember yeah, that. I remember we, that very We played well. Sweatlands? Yeah, we played Wetlands with Atari. You know, on the one-off, we did the Warped Tour, oh, and, yeah. and then that night, we went to the Wetlands. And the, That's so oh, sick. Uh, that was a and then show. we drove. Yeah, we did like, two shows. That show was new AC, dude, and there was like 600 people in there. I think that was the last year of that club. I think they died pretty quickly after that. Did you ever play Peabody's in Cleveland? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think That's so. sick, too. Yep. Because that's like walking distance to a baseball stadium or something. We never played Cleveland. Actually, Cleveland. Three, three years, three canceled shows. That's one of the few cities we played where the show got canceled when we got there. 
It was, that's Clevo Clevo style. That, Cancel like, your show. Blind Lemon or is that what it's called? They had like a club called it something, mm-hmm. like, something like that. I remember. Isn't, it, up. isn't your favorite band from there, Max? One Life Crew or something? <laughs> Never. We don't. We don't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys? Uh, <laughs> we'll just talk about integrity instead. Yeah. Shout out Ringworm. <laughs> in, in Cold Blood from there, just put out a new album. That's sick. But Cleveland's Cleveland's sick, dude. I mean, their fucking lake caught on fire. Like, if that's not an endorsement for the city, then what's up? I don't know if that is an endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> that is well that for is? for hardcore. Oh, right. If you're like, D- I don't know, dude, how's hardcore from Clevo? Well, our fucking lake caught on fire. That's it's too pretty hard. hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <do> the math. <laughs> What was the day? What was the day on Warp Tour where we we jumped into it? Was it Cleveland that we jumped into the lake and there was like dead fish and stuff? That was you guys. Was, hey man, you guys was, are crazy. It was it was <laughs> Pittsburgh. Hot. It no, was that like, was that was a Salt and Sea. It was just a one off. You guys played showcase. I just wanted to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you got any good uh, tour stories? From what? No, from No Motive. Yeah, dude. I don't even know. There's too many. Or or uh, the recording of sadness since we are celebrating. Yeah, I think that's what we, we should go in with you, Pat. So what do you feel like you did a bunch of demos that came out like kind of after Cynical and before Sadness. You want to talk about that time, like trying to work through and find the sound that ended up being the Sadness Prevails? Yeah, that dude, that was like, um, that was cool. That was a cool time because some most of the songs that like that we demoed, like it was Jeremy wrote, like he came up, he's like, I wrote this song called Stay, and I'm like, oh, it was like these pop chords, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I was going, ah, you know, and then he started playing like the riff, and, and the, he had all the lyrics, and some of the songs in there, Jeremy just had already, you know what I mean, which was really cool. So I remember playing stay and then writing waiting heard and actually phil tibbs wrote one of the riffs on waiting hurt really which one yeah so like you know the you know the riff that is not the beginning but you know the the verse riff that riff yeah he wrote that and but i changed it to an octave and we were in my room yeah, and then I wrote the chorus to it. So that like record, like some of the stuff is just from people hanging out in my room. Like I was jamming riffs, and then I remember Phil came up with something, and then um, nostalgia. Like we all came up with that one together. I don't know. We just started doing some cool mid tempo weird chords. Uh, um, like it was just like a pop structure, some weird chords. It was fun. I liked it, you know. And then coming up with. Uh, I was just experimenting. I don't know how to play guitar, so I was just experimenting with like shells and stuff. Those weird dissonant kind of vibey chords. Um, I didn't know what I don't know what I was doing, but I just showed it to you guys. I showed it to you guys, and I was like, "Make it better," you know. <laughs> well, that was we were obsessed with like just making the chord as ugly as possible in those days, right? UCs. Yeah. Just how many? How can how like how can I make my fingers just be like going the wrong way? <laughs> on, the, yeah. on the guitar neck, but still get like a decent sound out of it. Yeah, and I think we demoed a couple of songs. I don't know where where we did we demo them at your house, Roger, or something. Yeah, those the sadness songs. We yeah we de- we demoed those in in Irvine, and my brother. And house. then we rec- 
and then we recorded um, when Dave was in the band um, before you, Roger. We recorded "So What" and, and nostalgia. "Nostalgia" for some vagrant sampler when they were going to sign us or something. And then we took all those samplers. They gave us like five hundred of them on the Good Riddance store mm-hmm. to take. They gave they, they they hooked us up, man. They gave us the frames. So let's go and try to survive. And that was cool. But yeah, I think that's what. That's how we did it. Who wrote who wrote the uh the fast songs on that record? Uh, those what? were all those were all Tim Tib songs. Oh <laughs> 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 who wrote boy so what? Max wrote so what? Yeah, I was obsessed with uh battery, battery. at the time. And so I just did a yeah, straight a battery, battery rip. ripoff. I think Jamie <laughs> wrote tribute though. Oh, or okay. you were you were Jamie. Yeah, I wrote the riff tribute to just the and then Jeremy did the rest. Well, yeah. that, that song was a little older because that got demoed and and came out on Scarred, right? Yes, that we demo we we yeah. recorded that one by John Ly- with John Lyons with Somewhere. You know my yeah. favorite, my the favorite still to this day the favorite thing that I get to do when we ever we play is I ripped off Mr. Brett from Bad Religion going into <laughs> tribute. <laughs> Yeah, like doing like running my fingers up the fretboard, the rock, like from the from the headstock towards the yeah. towards the bridge, you know. Yeah, and like it blew my mind when you did that. Yeah, and I just I just saw like the one time I saw a Bad Religion video, I saw him do that, and then my fucking I was just couldn't believe it. It was like the coolest thing. Ever. Oh, that that sounds cool, dude. It's a <laughs> was it like that suffer tour video where they're they're editing in all that shit from Europe. Maybe all I remember about it is that like so when Heston's like I'd like to play video games yes. on my Nintendo. That's the one. <laughs> you know, Blades of Steel. Yeah, and I just remember being like blown away that Mr. Brett played like a full Asher guitar. Yeah. Like he played like a like a Charvel or something. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Blades of Steel was a tight game, dude. I remember that one. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Blades of Steel. I love that game. So how how did it get from um scarred for life? And uh, what's what was that first fast song? In the end, we'll be sky for life. False trust. Yeah. In False the trust. End we'll be. Yeah. So uh-huh. how, how did it go sky from like life. almost almost becoming a hardcore band to becoming a a melodic slower punk band? How did that happen? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think we. And I think we, we grew up in such, like, art. Everyone, like, man, there's so many different bands, Noxnard and stuff, and then you see it, and then we play with Ignite, and you, like, oh, I want to write a song like that. Oh, that sounds cool, you know? And, like, I think when you're that young, like, for me, I, I you're kind of highly, like, impressionable, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just want to, you just look at people, what they're doing, and you're, like, not necessarily want to be like them, but like, I want to try something like that. Like, that's cool, you know? And then you try it, and then you listen to it, and it's kind of cool, but then you're, like, Ah, it's not. It's not our greatest. People could do it better. You know what I mean? People could do it because Jeremy's not a yeller. You know, Jeremy has his Jeremy voice, and I think his voice fits with the melodic, um, with the chords and the stuff we were going to, like solemn and stay and waiting her and all that stuff. It fits really. It fits pretty well. You know what I mean? Unless, but it worked really good on problems too because he sounds like a a 14 year old kid and that sounds tight you know what i mean I got yeah. that's like awesome you know what i mean the energy's there mm. you know so i think when we went from that to that demo discard and and um i don't know i think we just 
we're kind of maturing in a way that we didn't even know we were maturing. We were just doing yeah, I, it. I don't remember you actually having like a conversation about slowing yeah. things down. It just, yeah, it just we happened. Kind of were, yeah, we were starting to kind of develop our own style, our own style a little bit. Well, you didn't. Yeah, like, you didn't, you didn't cool. like the yep. next battery record. What's that? You didn't like the next battery record, so you knew that, that style was fucking dead end. Ty used to make fun of me for liking battery so much, but it was it was no, all like, I, good fun I, though. I, I I liked them, but I was like, man, you really like them, like you know. <laughs> but I could see why. But you know, what? I still listen to their stuff now, and I'm like, good song, dude. Like, yeah, they're melodic and. Energy, the good energy. Tight record, dude. Yeah, it's, it's good, so dude. good. The next one's a little it's too melodic good. for me. Mm. Whatever it takes has a weird recording, and that that makes it. That's a little. It's like every song has to be a little too melodic. Yeah. Did you guys ever get to that random one? It might have actually been before until the end. It's got like a penguin on the cover. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, they have they have one before that like it's it's just weird '90s hardcore. It's like a little more metal tinged. Is it kind of like they hadn't like yeah. found their sound yet? It's called "Only the Die Hard Remain," I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, battery was good. It was probably it was probably the UCs taking over. You can't play the do that do that beat over the UCs and have the UC the ugly chords sound. I know. I feel like tribute kind of like whatever you wrote that tribute riff, and then we were like, oh, that's a cool thing. Like those weird ugly chords. That's yeah. a song where that stuff works really, really well. Yeah. And fast. Did any other bands, like, what if you guys would have stayed fast, but, like, went in those chords? Propagandi? Yeah, yeah Propagandi did it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was, like, another record that I think influenced a lot of those songs. Like, Which, the Let's Talk oh, More Rock. Yeah, that was a huge one. And How to Clean Everything. That, but Oh, dude, that, dude, the How to Clean Everything is my favorite, man. That thing I love is it. Okay. So oh man, too good. Fuck religion. I feel like a religion. <laughs> Let's fuck talk more religion. Fuck religion. Those are the UCs, right? Yeah. Like getting into that yeah. stuff. Let's talk more. And the toms on that record, the drums, it just sounds good. Yeah, that's like the one conversation I remember having with Ryan Green. Is he said that they were bummed on that recording because they wanted it to sound like it was uh, a four. They wanted it to sound like a four track recording. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, yeah. yeah they talk about it on the video. Fat Records just did like a documentary. And they talk about kind of being bummed just because it sounds like everything else. Mm. But it's like, what did you expect? You're like, did, you didn't Green. do like your day one homework. Like, you're going to record with Ryan Green that every other band went and recorded with. Right. And, and you expect it to come out different. And he's like, nah, dude, make it sound like crass. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Didn't come out that way. But I don't think that record does even sound like all those other records. It, I feel like it's it doesn't because there's because it's kind of it's kind of sloppy. Like it's like the way the drummer plays is really good, but it's not like like perfect. Like it's, there's fills and it's a little sloppy. Like it's, it's just the sound, but like the sonically sound, but not like their band. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, and their guitars are all metally sounding. Yeah, man. Like this is good. Yeah, you know what they're talking. About. Their drummer did like the he didn't do the do that do that huh he just went do that do that do that do that do that like that I think so he yeah. didn't do do that do that do that do that I don't think so Maybe. I don't know he might have been he might have been do that do that do that do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Noise for name was always do that do that do that and and then he did like that little film every time before he hit the symbol he go do that yeah do that do that do that yeah that's like a hell of a nervous twitch huh so many symbols. <laughs> 
Do you uh, do you have any uh, do you have any memories on uh, making sadness that you can give us? Oh, dude, I have the best. I have the. Oh, that's kind of funny, dude. You remember when uh, <laughs> we recorded at Audio International, and that's what we did, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then um, you remember Trevor was on the Atkins diet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, remember pork rinds only? Huh? That was like when like you the, eat pork rinds only. Okay, okay. So remember, remember when he was on the Atkins diet, dude? And like, I think he left the studio and was like, "Hey, dude, hey, dude, let's go to the control board." And you know how one, like, you know, slot one says kick, two snare, and they have it on tape. Yeah. We put, we put like on one asada. The next one was carnitas. The next one was lengua. <laughs> all these, all these meats and like low carb Castor. All over the the control board too. Kind of funny. Hey, was it was it sadness where he he tried to bring the valve state amp, or was that yeah diagram? Yeah, we were already acting like snobs, dude. Like my amp was a PV at the time, <laughs> and he brought like one of those valve those valve state marshals to to try, you know, just for whatever. And, we're and we shot him. He's like, "Oh, let's try this out." And we all just kind of like did that, like you know, when your mouth like puckers and goes to the side. We're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "I bet you that app would." We, did we even try? Did we even try it? It probably would have sounded good. No, we shot him down super hard, and I'm sure that he was like, "Fuck these fucking kids, dude! They don't know how to get tone." He didn't even get into the control room. He like had to turn around from the hallway. Yeah, we shot him down. Didn't, didn't happen. How can we shoot him, dude? That guy has such good tone. I know. Well, I ended up using his uh, his top hat on that recording for my that, for my track. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we ended up using his. Yeah, they're, they're, his tone live is really good. Dude. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe he picked that amp because he loves Hatebreed and uh, Satisfaction. Do they play top hat? Uh, no, they use valve stage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that might just be hey, a rumor. That's going so heavy, dude. It might be a rumor. <laughs> I could have sworn that I heard that somewhere. I don't know. Oh, it's, oh, it probably records yeah. well. It's like that metal like guitar center tone, right? Like but super perfect. saturated distortion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. What about tour stories? You got anything? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Trying to get across the border with good riddance. What I, oh, Chuck. Chuck is just a tour story, dude. Chuck remember is when a we tour fell story. down? Remember when we were in, um, I think we were in Salt Lake City, and he he tried to go down. Oh, I don't know, but he tried to go run down the escalator when it was off. That was, he slipped that, and, he, and he fell down the whole thing. Bing, bang, bang, like a bing, like a. That was, uh, that was in Boise, and me and Max were in the hotel room because we were children, and, and you guys were. The ones of legal drinking age. That's right. But then oh, we yeah. all, but then we all got to enjoy watching him uh, try to do a cool guy move on that uh, water slide in Regina at the water park in the hotel room. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like ping pong. Yeah, He's ping pong in the water slide. He tried to go like head first down the water slide, but holding like. Like he's laying down, but holding his his head up with his his hand. Oh yeah, like eighties, like Sears picture pose. Yeah, and like he took a turn on a cur- on a corner and like smashed his head on the on the slide and fucking I don't remember what happened after that, but a lot of laughter. 
And when we were on tour, remember we were on tour with Atari's? That was fun. That tour was fun. And like, when we had to use our hotel room to shower, and they they were like leaving. They're like, later on, guys, see you at the show. And they forgot to like close their trailers and went over a speed bump and all their equipment fell out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they drove oh. off and all their equipment spilled out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or when we, uh, or we, uh, or where, oh, yeah. We, we, uh, found that, um, wheelchair in Vegas and, oh, yeah. and took it with us and, uh, pretended that JP had hurt himself. That was Gary. Oh, no, it's Gary. Gary. Oh, my God. I can't remember anything anymore. You know, Gary's going to come to our show, I think. No way. When is the show again? Dude, that's going to be Friday night, November 1st at Dis- Discovery. On Thompson. Yeah. In Ventura, California. Ventura, California. You know it. Maybe he'll even show up to the second show. I think he will. I don't want to pick up JP on the way. Yeah, man. That's going to be Saturday, November 2nd. A chain reaction in uh, Anaheim, right? Yep. Anaheim, California. That's right. Home of Mickey Mouse. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, Pat. Well, Pat, I'm gonna we're gonna have you on again because I think we're gonna do a pod with you and Fred telling stories. Oh, so, oh. so think about a bunch you want to tell, and and that'll be a, a Pat and Fred fun episode. But I want to do it. Oh in, it we'll do it in person. We'll do it when I'm up there. Oh, well, that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah that'll man. be awesome. Man. Yeah, it'll be better than the phone stuff. Is sometimes we got to do it by necessity, and you know, this show is right around the corner on November first. So we got to do it right now. But uh, yeah, we'll do it in uh, we'll do it in person. It'll be good. Wow, so man, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Anything yeah. else for the man? No. Papa Draza, fast drummer in Oxnard. Who can sing it the fastest? I have a competition. All right, I'm going first. I'm Zach. Okay, Raj. Go for it, Raj. That was Roger and then Max. All right, Pat, go. Number four, Pat. Hold that crown. Yeah, dude. All right, Pat. There we go. You have practice. You do it all the time. Yeah, man. All right, Pat. All right, Pat. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Later. Let's see what the, what would you call this color? Turquoise? Sure. Yeah, it's a seafoam green, maybe. <laughs> seafoam green? Oh, yeah. oh that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Uh, let's do it again. Oh, yeah. yeah, Pat killed it, huh? Yeah. Hell no! Oh, that one. That one's good. Is that the limit of how long you could, or those? No, you can do long. Like, I have my outro right there, but oh, I gotta, I like, that's the problem is like once you hit it you can't make it stop. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you can you do the thing where you like hit it a bunch of times and it like I can keep starting it over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it won't like there's no stop button. Dude, you gotta uh, get a handsome Dan on there. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> From Wayne's World? It's like, all right, handsome Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. I don't like the point is I don't want to use them. Yeah. I'd rather edit it in yeah. because it's sorry, I don't want to be like Oh, there's that one. Mm. Old trusty. Old trusty. Mm. We should. Uh, Speaking of that, Omega Point is going to also be playing that show on Friday, November first at Discovery Ventura, absolutely. the No Motive reunion show. That so, uh, 
Let's also talk about um, you guys have done some creative stuff outside of leading up to the show. Um, you're going to do a record. Yes, the you remixed. Yeah. So uh, that Anna Sands Prevails was recorded to tape in '98, right? Yeah. And um, so it's just been living on reels for for all these years and then uh finally pat got those uh tapes from vagrant a while back and uh our friend armon tamboris helped uh transfer that all to digital with the intention of eventually remixing the record and uh and so that happened and um it was uh it was uh it took a while I think the original intention was for it to to perhaps come out around the time the the actual album had come out, which was February, but life happens. And so um, we're going to have... uh, Vagrant's actually going to do the reissue digitally, um, and then we are self-releasing 300 copies of it on vinyl through uh through good fight on on the internet and um along with that we also re-recorded uh two other no motive songs that are not on that record um which will be on a seven inch and so it's just going to be this you know package you could you could buy on the internet yeah and the songs are a different stab. The the two songs for the seven inch. Yeah, it's a different stab of the songs. Like one is a Jeremy acoustic, and one is one is just kind just of a re-recording. Just a re-recording with the not not trying to do anything different other than we're we're re we the, the way we thought about it was if we had never recorded it before, what would it sound like? Yeah. That kind know. of that kind of thing. Um, it was pretty cool. Cool. It sounds so, awesome. Did you say it already? I was like, I mean, as objectively, hearing the mixes that Roger did is fucking. They're incredible. My fucking leads are so sick. <laughs> I um, just kept telling him to turn that guitar up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you got that booster pedal, dude. You can do it yourself. <laughs> um, so Roger, now <laughs> this is the funny stitch back. What you're talking about? I like a podcast. Um, called the Lawfare Podcast. Mm-hmm. And one thing they talk about on there is it was originally a law, like a, a podcast for like other like lawyers and people that have studied law. But it's gotten popular. And so they always struggle with, they talk about it on the air sometimes is how much do we dumb this down so for like the bigger understand. crowd, yeah, right? Yeah. To understand. And are we cheating the original intent of the show by dumbing it down? So what I'd like for you to do in the most non-dumbed-down way, don't worry about someone not understanding what you're talking about at all. Yeah. I'd like you to explain what you were trying to do with the sadness while you're remixing it. Uh, we've, had, we've, we've had 20 years to think about what the album sounds like, and I think the, the consensus is that... Um, we. You know, well, obviously we're we're biased, but we love how the record sounds. But if we were to pick apart 
things about the mix. I think um, that whole thing Jeremy talked about running the drum tracks through speakers and putting them in a giant room and creating reverb with it. Uh, that that whole thing was was awesome that it happened because uh, when we recorded that record, um, the drums were recorded in a, in a very small room, which actually became the control room um, by the time we recorded Diagram for Healing. So it was a really small room. So it, it needed some sort of energy to to kind of complement what we were doing, but I don't know if it really came came through in the way that if you were in that studio hearing what the drum sounded like in that room, I don't think it really transferred over as well on the actual record. It almost sounds like a mildly awkward kind of drum sound, drum reverb sound, right? Yeah, it's a little slappy, I guess. Yeah. And so when... (laughs) (laughs) When... (laughs) But... We, we have to remember that that record was was. Don't dumb it down for us, Max. It was recorded. That's Latin. It was it was recorded and mixed completely analog. So, you know, back then we didn't fix anything, none of that stuff. It's like it just sounds like what we what we did, you know, and and running through through cool gear and all that crap. But um, I guess when when we decided to to have me remix it, it was like it was finally the the chance to to maybe hear the drums a little more modern and uh pat always jokes about it but i know he's 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 like 90 percent serious when he says that he wants his drums to sound like metallica so yeah he always like those big bob rock drums yeah it was always kind of a goal that we never really and i and i so the, <laughs> they took a year and a half to record that record. Didn't they? <laughs> yeah, in true. in in the year 2019, um, it's it's very very normal to to uh, put drum samples, which um, I mean they they did that with with Fat Records record those those recordings back then too. But uh, is that something you like? You you can mix it with the natural yeah, track, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. you're, you could decide how, if you just want how it completely it. sampled, it's just going to totally. sound like a drum machine. And then if you kind of yep. blend them, then it, it mm-hmm. sounds real. So like the, the Fat Records albums, those were, those sounds were, were created by like drum modules that they used the, the um, like hardware that had drum samples in it. And you, you use your real, um, the real hits to make it trigger that. Mm-hmm. So, in remixing this record, you kind of use the same, the kind of the same thing. Um, instead, now you're using software to to turn those drums into to trigger them and uh, use a sample to to enhance the mix. And so, I would say. For this new version of the album, this the real snare is still the prominent sound. It's probably like a seventy percent real, thirty percent sample, just for a little bit of backing. More so for the fast songs, where maybe he wasn't hitting the snare as hard. But that kick drum, um, I would say, is about eighty percent a drum sample now. 
just because um, there's literally like six or eight tracks of drums on that record. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot that's, you could do that's with it. That's a few, right? That's not that many. That's, that's, that's like people, that's like what you would use for a demo now. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what do you take it from? Off from any of the bell tolls? The drum samples? <laughs> yeah. Um, or are no, you not allowed to say? No, I, I could. I, uh, our buddy Siegfried Meyer from uh, Canada, he's a producer out there, and he has his own sample pack, and I mm. um, I used all of those sounds. People sell sample packs of drum sounds. Oh, yeah. that's like a, You just plug in to like... It's just you. You get you acquire a folder of sounds, and then you use certain software to trigger the 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 hits that were made, and then you you can decide how much you want to blend that sort of stuff. It's just the drums that you're sampling, right? You know, there's not like something like that you're using on the guitars and the bass and all that too. No, no, no. That's just EQ, basically. With the, I mean, the guitars. I I thought they were recorded pretty pretty. Pretty spot on. Is that why? Because to me, the record sounds like boosted, mm-hmm. but it still sounds like that record. Yeah, I mean, I, there's little areas where, like, you're like, okay, I can tell this has been re- remixed, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like someone like it went through some machine and it got churned out the other end like a completely different like like tonally and like the vibe of the record still feels very similar to me. I wanted to. Yeah. I think I wanted to keep that, keep the flavor there, keep the vibe true. Cause there, I mean, I think when I first started mixing it, I I went more more modern, and I think you guys, the feedback was like, "Yo, mm. that's like that's really that's really obvious," <laughs> and I think it was it it, was, it became a bit of a turnoff after a while. So I had to find that that comfortable medium in in there. Um, like a little less slappy, but not all the way. No slap. <laughs> uh, I, I mean that that whole drum reverb thing. I wouldn't even be able to recreate it because I don't think it was. It didn't of get this re- world. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it didn't get recorded onto a track. It, it was like used as an effect, and it's only on the mix. So like the root, the the raw tracks never had that oh. that sound on there. So I, I wouldn't have been able to use it anyway. So gotcha. Dude, talk about your all-time hurry up and wait. I remember with doing that, just sitting in the studio, like waiting. Because oh, it's like, so oh, we just have to like sit here while they play this drum track in uh-huh. this big empty room, while we just like kick it for like hours. I feel like we did that on the Truth Hurts when we recorded all the guitars in Paul Miner's backyard, in Mandela Miner's backyard. Oh, in his little shed thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like we recorded it there, and then we had to crank something through somewhere else. I can't remember. Makes sense. Like maybe later in the studio, he like blasts it through. I oh, can't yeah? remember. Huh? I can't remember. There was something, something weird happened. Yeah. Because I think on that record, we only recorded the drums in the studio, and like maybe a scratch track of mine. That would make sense. Everything else we did in that little shed in the backyard. I mean, you would have saved Mandel a lot of money. Just you know, we <laughs> he, he knew what he was in for on the second LP. <laughs> If the first first one didn't sell, the second one's not going to sell. These guys are going to hit it big on the second one. Hey, man. Those are classics. Anyway. So, anything else we want to get on to? 
Yeah. We've I got think. almost two. Well, you did the other two songs, right? Did you talk about those at all? A yeah. little bit. I, yeah. I snuck out for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of, I, I didn't say what songs they are. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't know if that's necessary yet. People will find out. It'll nice be up by now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is this is either the week before or the week of that show. Let's keep it a secret. Yeah. Sure. I mean, either way, it's all just, we're just redoing, you know. Are you going to debut, you going to debut the song list on Brooklyn Vegan and not on fucking 185 Miles <laughs> South? That was some fucking bullshit. You hold back somewhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we did make a music video for one of them. So, uh, that song is Life Goes On. And Jeremy just played it on acoustic and, and sang pretty simple and, uh, made a music video in Oxnard down the street from his house. Yeah. And, and that'll be out by now. That'll be out by now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go down a list of some important people for No Motive and drop some news. So, first of all, Dave Brandon. I uh, didn't have him on the pod, but first bass player. Fucking shredder, awesome. Extraordinaire. Awesome shredder. Played the, uh, you know, we've been, we've been talking about Remember. <laughs> Dave Brandon played that solo. <laughs> he did play that you solo. Know? He played that solo on Remember. So, because this is 20 years of the album that has a song Nostalgia on it. Yep. So it's time to get a little nostalgic and and give some shout outs to people. Also, Fred Hammer put out the first seven inch. Yeah. And the split. And the split. And the localism comp. And the localism comp. So the first three times that you guys are on on vinyl, um, including Roger in his different band, um, on the localism comp as well, by all means. Yeah. And Fred basically like hand held us through the whole process of like becoming a real band too. So Yeah. It's crucial in that way. Yeah, and then was uh, Joey Libke. Joey Libke put out two, put out one and a half records. <laughs> put out, put out cynical, and then bootlegged your ass on the second one. I'm, I'm kidding. That guy, that guy was around at the right time. That's, that's all I really say. It like you know about him is that he was just the scene needed someone to be putting records out at that time. And he was there to do that. Well, I would say specifically like putting CDs out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. the guy that like wanted to do a CD. Yeah, like he was trying to do like a real thing. Yeah, and, like he was the only guy in town that was like trying to do that, and that was that was rad. He also had a respectable dune da da da. Yeah, mm-hmm. he played drums on "Ill Repute Bleed," which is uh, everyone knows that listens to this how much I love that record. <laughs> you talking about kicked off the bus? We don't care. You're never gonna be one. Take us anywhere. <laughs> That's such a soulful record, man. Dude, I know. How do you do like an album that sounds like, you know, no effectsy, and then it sounds so soulful? I don't know. It's like I mean, it was just Tony's got like that right, like his He's voice got, is just yeah. right there in that pocket where it's like no matter what he plays or sings, it's gonna be soulful somehow. Even when they do yeah. their goofy shit, yeah, it's like he's got it. He's got it. He's got that guttural, that guttural thing. Actually, I, I would actually put him on that list too because they like. They put us on shows. Ill Repute like played with us when we were when we weren't shit. Yeah, which was like a big a big deal from for being kids from Oxnard. They're Cruz, um, Vagrant, of course. Yeah, Vagrant. And how did that come about? Do you remember who was like the key of getting you guys on Vagrant? I'm sure it's Pat. 
Yeah, we hit them from two different but places. From, but from their oh, we told the story. We told the story. We did, on, huh? Yeah, but who from their side? I can't remember. Like from the label, yeah, actually. Yeah, who was the guy that's like, yeah, let's take a chance <clears throat> on these guys. They were only like four guys, or okay, in those days it was like the two owners, yeah. and then this guy Kevin. I wish I remembered his last name. Kasatsu. Because he was like the boots on the ground guy. Like he, if I, I don't know if I ever met. They came and saw us at Laser Star, and like that was when we they they brought us into the the office after that to talk about joining the label. But I think Kevin would have been the guy that actually like went and saw us. So he was yeah. the guy that went back and was like, "Hey, these guys are pretty legit. Like we should." Yeah, legit. They're drawing like over a hundred people and fucking slaying it. Yeah. yeah, and I could have that wrong, but that that would be. My, my recollection of that. And besides that, they had like a, a, got a couple of people in the warehouse. So it was a really small operation in those guys. In yeah. Those so shout out that guy. What was his name again? Kevin Kusatsu. Yeah, dude. He's a, he, yeah, he, he, he had success in life. He's doing all right. So he's not going to be in the pit on Friday night? Um, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Great dude, though. Successful people. Don't go in the pit, I guess. He, uh, <laughs> according to Zach, he, 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 <laughs> yeah, he was there through, through, through. He was well, he made it seem like it was like for, next for level while. success. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, you know, he's it's like, like he's like some kind of mogul, and yeah. Insane. And so, like, yeah. if you fuck up your ankle, and it's like, well, there goes windsurfing in Maui in three months, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you're just thinking far ahead about, well, well I'm going to the Alps in March, yeah, yeah. I don't want to fuck that up. Actually, know, like, what. Good champagne is tastes like. <laughs> you go hike Everest. Like you're gonna get in that line. I'm on the waiting list, dude. I'm gonna gonna do Everest. What? Yeah. Who else is there? All the roadies. JP. Yep. I never knew dude. that JP was your roadie for that long. He was, but like, it's funny because even tonight we were talking. And we're like, oh no, that was with so and so. Like. And I remember there was a few people like in between too mm-hmm. that were just like a one or two tours. Yeah. And so, like you know, shout out JP, uh, AV. What was his full name? Oh man, I can't remember. He, he worked for Vanger. He ended up roading for us for a tour, and he was solid. Is he in me in the pit on Friday uh, night? We'll never talk to him haven't again. Haven't seen that seen dude in, gone. in ages. And then you got Michael Mall. Mike Mall. You got Baltazar Cardo. Balt. Shout out. We got. Tibbs went with us. We got a feel. Feel and Phil and JP toured together. Zarian then, came on tour. Then oh yeah. And then we had, of course, our our bass player, Jeff Hershey, before he joined the band. Oh, and also shout out Jarvis Leatherby. <laughs> yeah, he, he he like stepped it up from like I'm going on tour to you guys, so like I'm your tour manager and like did a good job. Yep. Like, and then he like shelled out for the good duct tape. Fuck yeah. He would like be haggling over like over my stuff. Like yeah. it's like, dude, you guys have a guarantee. Like it's, it's flat. <laughs> Still gotta haggle at Gilman, dude, and get yours. <laughs> you want some touring band saying, I think we should get an extra twenty bucks. You have to, Fuck like, you, dude. For yourself. What? You have to like advocate yeah. for yourself. Yeah. What was the tour like, that dude, we Dude, we wrote a fucking song about this club, dude. We're taking all the money. <laughs> <laughs> we put we put you on the map. <laughs> Yeah, they bring it up. Huh? How many people did we fit in that one van on the face-to-face tour where we didn't bring a trailer? We brought JP, Jeff, and Jason, Jason Gillis, also. Oh yeah, play shout out. Yeah, three roadies on that seems reasonable. In a yep. Yeah, the road the road guys are solid. Albert, obviously, of course. Wookie, Albert oh, yeah. Moshard, Albert Moshard. 
Wookie. I don't know Wookie's name. Donald. Donald. Solid. Um, solid dudes. Yeah. All of them. There were others, but I can't remember who right now. Uh, you know, he was the, le- the legend, Joe Rivas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's Peg right. leg. Yeah. But anyway, this this is awkward, so I'll bail you guys out of the, Thanks, this. Man. because There's uh, too many. Yeah, there's too many names for you. Yeah. The one, the one thing I will say is Joe Bogus, who I lived with for all those years, was like the only reason I was able to be in a band because I would go on tour and he'd give me work and a place to live in between tours. True that. And he would make every fucking night completely entertaining by doing something crazy every single time. So that's my, if I had like one life shout out, he'd be the guy. I got to always shout out my brother for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, shout him out by name. Ray Camaro. Raymond Noel Camaro. Do it. Forever. Hell yeah, Ray. Um, yeah, and let's shout out to the Blafers, Mike Frontino <laughs> and Fred Hammer for getting Max into uh, No Motive. Best day of my life. It's a three-way tie. We also got to shout out Gabe Cono for all the art and yep, photography yeah. throughout the years. Yep. The, the Conos don't fuck around, dude. We yeah. got to shout out Good Riddance for being the first legends to take us out. Yeah, the first guys to take you to... Uh, Montana and Wisconsin, or <laughs> Montana and Wyoming, Canada, Canada, uh-huh. and then of course, of course, there's face to face and Trevor and Chad Blitman. So legit. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's all my brain has in it for now. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, where are we going to see everyone? Oh, you know. Let me let me remind you guys of club discovery. Yeah. Yeah. Inventura. Well, we're going to see them. When? November 1st. Oh, what night of the week is that? That's a Friday night. It's a convenient Friday night. And it's going to be a discovery in Ventura on Thompson. Yeah. And who? Well, the lineup, we got the legends. No motive coming back for the 20, 20th anniversary of And the Sadness Prevails. The first of their three great LPs. And uh, Omega Point. Correct. And Slow Trip. Slow Trip. And, and Out of Trust. The Mighty Out of Trust. Okay, night two, which is Saturday, November 2nd. At Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction, Anaheim, California. Um, we got No Motive doing the 20th anniversary of uh, Sadness Prevails. And then on the <laughs> second night, also, Slow Trip as well. Yep, and uh, Modern Color. Modern Color and some uh, TBAs. Yeah, to be, so, to be announced. You know, you pr- you'll probably know by now. But uh, the show's just around the corner. Uh, I'm going to be there. And come say hi. And come say hi to Max and Roger and ask them to autograph shit. And uh, maybe we'll play a, Talk is Cheap. Buy a lot of shirts. Oh, yeah. We should, you guys should play Talk is Cheap, dude. That'd be <laughs> sick. Only if you sing it. Bam, dude. Oh, you think I got shy? Oh, I know you're not. Dude, I sang, I sang it that one night when you guys played. It was. It was a skate street, and it was like a weird. It was like across the street, or across like the alley from where like the skate street was. Remember, you guys played a show. It was like downstairs. It was like just in a warehousey spot, but it was at like the same location as Skate Street. Huh. Anyway, the night I sang "Talk Is Cheap," and then there was like gonna be like some fight that like Revis was breaking up with like some Nard dudes and like these kids from Camarillo. And I remember the kid from Camarillo, like, like telling Joe, he's like, 
it's cool, man. You guys are from Oxnard. We're from Seatown. And Joe just like <laughs> laughing in his face, like like uncontrollably. Like, it's cool, dude. You're from Nard. We're from Seatown. And he's all. <laughs> the only thing I remember about that is how like, how like young and scrawny and white that kid was. You know? <laughs> I don't think the Seatown thing stuck. No, <laughs> it was said once. <laughs> it was said once. Never said again. Yeah, that was the end of that. He one. went. We he went home and got beat up by Barry Street at the fucking Burger King that night. <laughs> exactly. Never tried to act street again. <laughs> All right, tight man. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate Zach. it. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Late.